Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So if you're wine drunk and ready to cry, Peach, Mikey, and Todd are telling you why. Romancing the podcast in town. Romancing the podcast in town. Romancing the podcast in town. Your favorite films, they'll rip them to shreds with these guys in charge. Hell, romance is dead. Romancing the podcast in town. Romancing the podcast in town. Romancing the podcast in town. Todd sees you when you're sleeping. Mike likes to sniff your hair. Pages and Ebenezer Scrooge just don't give a damn. So listen up now, the show's gonna start. Page Mikey and Todd will steal your heart. Romancing the podcast in town. Romancing the podcast in town. Romancing the podcast in town. Thank you for tuning into Romancing the Pod. You had us at hello. I'm Paige Wesley. Mikey? What? Am I muted? We were just waiting for you to say like your line. I did say it. Did you guys not hear it? No. no we did not hear it. <laughs> okay, I said I'm Mikey Randolph. And I'm Todd Schlosser, and with us this week, we have Jeff May. Jeff May. Should I give a little explainer as to what's happening this week so people aren't in shock and awe of what this episode becomes? I thought it was because we couldn't think of anyone better to have on for our The Family Man episode than Jeff. I'll be honest with you. Uh, Jeff and I were just talking randomly <laughs> on the side while we were talking about the other things and that's why i did it i would also like to add that i just saw and did a show with Paige. like yeah yeah Jeff exactly. and i've seen each other like three times in the past They're month best friends <laughs> it's, it's been very synchronicitous uh, <laughs> but the reason jeff is here is because it is thanksgiving so i'm on a very tight schedule but the trade-off that i made is that mikey did the outline this week i can't wait i'm so excited because i have been watching mikey's eyes dart back and forth between us the camera and his laptop like a man who could not find his notes yeah. and i was very no, my excited notes are in by front that. of me on the laptop it's okay. gonna be great i'm okay. gonna minimize this mikey did tell me he took notes so they did occur i watched the movie <laughs> twice twice i'm very proud Mikey. of you because this is a very depressing film i watched it last night so i could really sit there and like enjoy it soak it in yeah, yeah really get into it yeah. yeah 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 i liked it i i i i like this episode i like the synergy i like the movie we're gonna be fine <laughs> he's like i like brett ratner yeah, no he did not age well brett ratner didn't age well at the time <laughs> yeah like, he didn't start well when you're like hey he seems to be calling people a lot of homophobic slurs at the emmys or whatever yeah i don't I forget what what was it the oscars where he was directing it wasn't to the second time i knew that he directed where he got fired from an award show because he called somebody like the new f word you know <laughs> the new f word. so one of my exes she's been an actor out here and she's done a lot of really great stuff she's very pretty and she um did a lot of music videos and she was on a music video that he was directing 
And like all the people were like, yeah, you should give Brett a chance. He's like a really good guy. And she was just like, can I just work? And like they kept like harassing her to date him. And she's we get it, Jeff. You're attractive. OK, you don't have to tell these kind of stories. <laughs> I, I already believe you're a good. I would join your polycule. <laughs> polycule. Oh, oh, by the way, I'm not saying that I have earned any. I've always. <laughs> oh, I've, like, yeah. I've always gone like way scores out of my league with every woman I've dated. I'm I'm comfortable knowing that. Every woman I've dated has been way out of my league. I have never been the hot one, you know? Yeah, welcome to the club. We're, we're a whole <laughs> podcast of not the hot one, but the one that people are like, wow, they must be some sort of talented because... <laughs> exactly. And that yeah. is what we are. On Saturday, I'm, I'm going to Cincinnati to visit my brother with my mom. And he's like, we're going to go out Saturday night. There's a Lady Gaga-themed party at the gay bar. Oh, and I was yes. like, great, a chance to feel uglier than I'm at a normal bar. I can't wait. <laughs> Oh, there's going to be a lot of abs out. Yes. Oh, yeah. I was like, I don't like going to the gay bar. He's like, why? I was like, I'm like a two in the gay world, bar world. I'm like, they're like, you know, no one even looks at me. It's You're like, going to the wrong gay bars then. Like, I could take you to some in LA where you would be prime real estate. Prime rib, you might say. <laughs> rib you state. <laughs> no, but Brett Ratner, not a great dude. I didn't even know he directed, because like usually he directs like really bad movies like he directed red dragon and red dragon is objectively good but yeah it's just not in his oeuvre to do this yes. movie. or that he slept through it while someone else did all the work and he still put his name on it like that's how it feels to me a little bit more that's it does seem like there are reins on nicholas cage in this film yes like this is because it's 2000 right it is 2000 yeah so like he still hasn't gone fully off the rails but you you can see it and then in this movie He's very subtle. I mean, he's still Nicolas Cage, sure. but subtle for Nicolas Cage. Subtle yeah. for Nicolas Cage is overacting for everyone else, but it is noticeably subtle for Nicolas Cage. And if you're put into a parallel reality, I think you're going to be a little over the top. I wish he was more over the top, to be honest with you. Well, I picked this movie. <laughs> yeah, so Maggie, why did you pick this movie? I picked this movie because when I was on the Nick Cage train and then now we're transitioning to christmas and i've got to let nick cage go and, and concentrate on my true love christmas yeah wait are you are we not going to do another nicholas cage movie when it's your turn well no because it's christmas season so are you guys going to start doing christmas movies i'm like i i love that i'm here but man i'm bummed because i'm a christmas guy and i'm like i'm probably not going to come back here in the next four weeks like i am <laughs> all in on four christmases one of my favorite movies fred claus yeah give me another one i'll take them we, we did four christmases <laughs> yeah. yeah four i own four christmases on dvd Still, we just did a uh, <laughs> holiday in handcuffs. That's all. Like, I'm a big old Christmas bitch. Like, I am like mm, nobody. Same. That from me. Yeah. All three of us are. Yeah, we yeah, are. Yeah. But I mean, I'll do them till February. We are all Christmas till February people like yeah, decorations stay up all through January. Yeah. My two Christmas trees are supposed to be delivered today. And Jake told me I couldn't put them up before Thanksgiving, but I might do it anyway. How about Jake can shut the hell up? Yeah. Yeah. I've got all my stuff up. <laughs> well, he's building me Pyrex shelves right now. So I'm going to be really nice. <laughs> Is he going to not build? That's abuse. If Yeah. <laughs> Withdraw care because he gets what he wants. Yeah. Abuse? He no, he builds he's building them from fucking scratch. I'm not talking like IKEA, like he sourced the wood yeah, no, I and got was that. shaping it today. Yeah, okay, but he's not gonna not do that if you put the tree up three days early. Well, I'm gonna wait till the shelves are up and then I'm gonna put the tree up because he won't take the shelves down. It's called compromise. <laughs> 
I put my stuff up last week too. <laughs> Natalie and I set up for Christmas before I went to that last conference. I had a free weekend. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to do it this weekend while I'm not stressed because if I wait to a certain time, I'll be like, I had so much stuff to do this weekend and I got to put up Christmas decorations. Exactly. You don't want that. I'm not going to fall for it. I put it up this weekend. I'm actually, I put it up uh, over two weeks late. I'm usually a November 1st guy, but I've been pretty pretty busy so i think i will transition into a november 1st person next year this is our first christmas in the new house uh, so we're still figuring it out i did just pick up a uh how the grinch stole christmas uh animated uh clamshell vhs oh vhs and the clamshell uh the ones that smell like formaldehyde yeah yeah the ones that you get at like the library yeah remember when you get movies at the library who else was poor who else was poor <laughs> yeah me poor he's had a four bedroom three bath house okay we have to talk about it <laughs> so i thought it was crazy that this movie wants me to believe that like the poor nicholas cage is not also rich he's got a i wrote it down he's got he dude yeah. has a four bedroom <laughs> two and a half is. bath house within driving distance of new york and has kids right. like he's yeah. doing better than pretty much everyone in our generation i was like what is happening yeah, yeah but he's he's boomer poor yeah exactly that's what boomers think is poor yeah. because they destroyed the world exactly yeah. but i do think this movie mixes up its message of like is it trying to be scrooge which it's not because he's like actually a decent guy before he goes no, to this not. life but it's really like he the whole time he's not a great guy but he's not like a fully ass terrible dude i have an argument for it we could talk about it if we want to get into it now we can't i mean but like he's really nice to his doorman he knows his name he gets some christmas gifts they're obviously conversational he tries to help him no he's very charming scrooge is not bare minimum like most scrooge ripoff movies he's over the top just bad that's fair this guy's like i'm decent but i i chose to be a bachelor it's it's not just that he chose to be a bachelor. He chose to be a bachelor. He is demanding his entire staff leave their families to come in and work on Christmas for a short sale deal that he knows is going to hurt people, but he's going to push it through before they realize it. He's a fucking villain for 99% of this film. <laughs> That's just capitalism. That's capitalism. That doesn't make it right. <laughs> I think there might be a metaphor that uh, what is the real wealth? <laughs> yeah. Maybe that might be the thing. Like, what is a rich man? Mm. But I don't think he finds that in this movie. I think the movie messes it up because mm-hmm. it's not written well. No, he, fi- he finds it. He it's, finds it. It snows. It snows on him at one point in time where it's like, oh, my God. Yeah, this is the life I want. <laughs> so, I mean, like, he's a capitalist at a boutique firm that they're all assholes. So he's not, like, forcing them to be not assholes. Yeah, they're all capitalists. They're all greedy. Yeah, they all signed up to do this to be assholes. It's like Wall Street. They they didn't. That one guy is like, my, uh, my family is expecting me for dinner. I have kids. I have people to be with. And he's like, fuck you. Don't be a pussy. Come in on Christmas. He's awful. <laughs> well, he said what he did kind of bring up, like, what fucking job do you think you have? And which is fair. This guy didn't take a job for altruism. True. This man took a job so he could make a bunch of money. <laughs> and Nicholas Cage is telling them, no. But I like, would say being with your family is not altruism. Well, like, no, there's no like they even bring up the fact that like a not working for nonprofits is like a waste of time. So even though there's this guy who's like, I want to be with my family. He's still selfish. Like he still is a person who is, he got a career. Yeah. yeah. He chose a career. And then they even say, come back to the 26. You guys can take the whole week off after the deal's done. If you choose a career path where your, your whole goal 
what you're putting out into the world is I want to make money. You're selfish. Like that's a selfish thing. Yeah, but that doesn't mean I have to like Nicolas Cage for no. pointing that out. He's not a saint. <laughs> no, but you don't have to like the you don't have to say the other people are better than Nicolas Cage. They got the job. They're not better, but he's also shit for forcing their hands. Like whether they're good or not, he's still shitty. <laughs> my my biggest argument that he is an okay guy is that he is the shooting thing is the, is the holdup. Like sure. he passes this test and then goes over the top and tries to help the guy more outside after he holds up the thing. To also, he stole the <laughs> other guys. It's a wonderful life. Cause obviously yes, it was supposed did. to be the Korean grocer yes. was yes. the guy that was supposed to get it. Yeah. And then yes. magic Negro Don Cheadle, which that's a trope. They just decided to throw and in. And it's yep. literally called that. Yes. Not a good trope. No, no, they bagger vanced him for God's sake. Yeah. Yes. Well, and even in their their, you know, thinking that they've put this in and it's fine and it's really not because it's a problematic trope. Even then, he assumes Don Cheadle is a shitty guy purely because of what he has seen of him. He doesn't ask him about his life. He doesn't well, do anything. He doesn't personalize him at all. He just assumes. Well, that he is a degenerate. <laughs> I mean, he's Clar he's Clarence. Like I'm gonna say, if you if you pull a gun on me and threaten to kill me, I'm gonna feel a type of way about you probably till I die. Sure. It would have been really funny if Nicolas Cage just beat that angel's ass. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's an angel. I think you guys need to hear me out. These are transdimensional aliens from Indiana Jones. Okay, now now I'm back in because he's he is slipping him into you know, multiverse theory, he had made that choice to go back from London that created a branch timeline. This character can move freely between the timelines okay. and decides to teach him a lesson for being kind of racist, but also kind of nice. But he really hated the Korean guy, so he doesn't get a lesson. So he's taken it to his old choice that he should have made over so there. So it's he who this remains. This is all covered in my outline. <laughs> he, he's just, <laughs> cannot wait for that outline. Yeah. So when the girl says you're an you're you're here and you're an alien, she she kind of she is correct. She nailed it. Yeah. Well. Yes. Exactly. But I I would add on on top of that too. Then it it would be really funny if they had a teacher said every time a bell rings, an alien gets its wings. Yes. <laughs> is that not what Zuzu says at the end of that movie? It might as well be. <laughs> it might as well be. Uh, I I actually. When he's holding up the liquor store and the guy says, I'll call 911. And he says, call 911. I'm going to make you call God. That's one of the funniest things I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. And I cackled out loud at it. And I was like, this is a terrible device. And this movie is not written well. But holy shit, that line holds up. Paige, can I tell you what I wrote in my notes right after he said that? Mm. Use this during sex. <laughs> gonna make you call god gotcha 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 jesus christ exactly Paige. exactly i also feel like this movie could be 40 minutes shorter oh absolutely 100%. we get 120 minutes of him being an asshole in truth yes. it's like 100 minutes of this two-hour movie it's just him being an asshole do you know how many 22 minute sitcom episodes have had this exact same plot. <laughs> yes. yes. I'm pretty sure I saw this Simpsons episode. Yeah, this was Married with Children. I almost yada yada the whole middle of the movie in the outline because I was like, this really is just taking too long. These I, scenes I, where he learns that his he's got a wonderful, he could have a wonderful life. Or I thought whatever. Paige has got up and walked away, by the way. <laughs> I, th I thought she just left the fucking room. She's like, I'm out of here. Fuck this. <laughs> I just needed to turn on the lights because it was getting dark. Yeah, it's it's a hundred. 20 minutes of him 
supposedly learning this lesson about how his life could be better while he treats everyone around him terribly yep. for the entire time. Yes. And we're supposed to root for him to learn. And I'm like, no, I hope he never gets his life back. I hope he has to work at the tire store forever. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I know he hates it. And that's why I want it for him. That's the thing, Paige. He doesn't get his life back until he's nice to these people. And then he yeah. wants to stay. And then he's like, no, fuck you. You're going back to your dimension. And that's why Don Cheadle's the best. <laughs> yep. I'm pretty sure his name is Jack specifically for one little piss poor wordplay moment they have later at the end of the movie when he goes, he's like, you stole my car to Don Cheadle. And he goes, hi, Jack. Yeah. And I was just like, is, uh, that, is that why you did this? I heard that too. Uh, I didn't know if that was like one of those happy accidents where they're like, oh, hi, Jack. We could throw that in right here. That, that'd be funny. Or if they were like, we should name our character Jack because we're going to be racist with Don Cheadle's character later in this movie. They let one black guy be in the movie and he, he holds a gun. He not only holds a gun, he steals a car. Yeah. And then he works at a service industry job. <laughs> also, as an angel, Paige, that man is an angel working a clerk. Or an alien. No, sure. he's an interdimensional being who can transport people between the multiverse. Like the dog in the lake house. All I'm saying is there are a lot of different religions out there. I believe differently. It's whatever. Who? How does Don Cheadle show up in your religion? Okay, but Todd, <laughs> this is the one time you voted angels and we voted aliens. I just want to point it out. Jeff, go <laughs> ahead. I would like to add, too, that you gave, you have one black actor in this film. Right. He has nine minutes of screen time. And in those nine minutes, he steals a car. Yeah. He passively robs a Korean grocery store with a gun, says, I'm going to make you call God. Best line. Speaks in a street affectation. Yes. And Brett Ratner was like, this is the correct way to do this. this, <laughs> this is 15 years later, everyone was like, oh, that makes sense, I guess. Yeah. We got up think, easy, honestly. <laughs> the signs were there. The only black people that he had ever met before are Chris Tucker and that's it. <laughs> oh my God, but if Chris Tucker, not that I don't love Don Cheadle, I do in everything, but Chris Tucker in this movie, I'm back in. And I'm saying this, how about this? If Chris Tucker played the Nicolas Cage role. Oh, I'm yeah. so in. This would be one of the most popular movies of all time. Yes. <laughs> you trying to tell me that I just woke up right there? <laughs> yeah. That's not my bad. Yeah. yeah, I would love it. I can't do the impression or, or Zoom will just block it out. Yeah. <laughs> I do love Chris Tucker. I wish we got him in more movies. But also like, okay, even if you take the racism out and you have a white guy playing this role. No, thank you. He is a <laughs> shitty. <laughs> he is a shitty angel who I think just wanders around like pulling pranks on people. And if you fail the test, he just punishes you. Also, if you pass the test, he also punishes you. He's like a burned out social worker. He's basically Squid Games. <laughs> it's fucking nuts. Like, I don't think he was testing Nicolas Cage. He's like, oh, you, I'll fuck with you for a while. Yeah. And then he fucks with the people in the other dimension, too, and they fail because he gives him more change than the... He's not a good guy. He's not a good He's not a good angel. Oh, so now he's an angel? Thank you. One more for my squad. Well, I mean, what are angels if not aliens? That's my point. This is the second Nicolas Cage film where the MacGuffin is a lottery ticket. Wait, what's the first one? Uh, it Could Happen to You. Yeah. Which we will oh. get back to in January. In, in February. February. <laughs> <laughs> Cannot wait till the, the Nick Cage apocalypse continues in January. Well, that's when my Queen Latifah reign begins as well. So I believe it's called a Renaissance. <laughs> a Renaissance. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yep. Renaissance. Renaissance. Love that joke. Are you ready? Is everyone ready? To Mikey, I am so excited for your outline. Let's go. <laughs> I entitled this outline Family Man Outline. <laughs> <laughs> well, Paige, I gotta, I gotta say, so far, a plus. fucking ten a out of ten for me. 
plus. <laughs> okay. Film opens. Paige, already he's put in more effort than I expected. Yeah, same. I'm proud of you. <laughs> you guys have such... Me too. Ba- I, I run so many things in my other life. I could do this. I could do yeah, this. We just, saw, we just saw him be a goddamn boss on the phone. We did. Way. That is so true. We did. That's like, that's like his other life. And then we're like... <laughs> We're like, what a moron. He just saved a life like this. He's like, yeah, I just saved someone's <laughs> yeah. life. You guys think I'm some sort of idiot savant with my counseling career and just wandering around the world, bumping my head on stuff. Mikey, 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 we only think that because we've known you for a very long time. <laughs> oh, hold on. I got, to... I'm on call. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> could not have oh, come at a better time. More perfectly timed page leave it in okay all right i'm ready you've been muted you gotta unmute yourself mikey i'm muted again (laughs) mikey tell us again how smart you are (laughs) so smart (laughs) i am leaving all of this in mikey you can eat a dick Opening credits. <laughs> Opening credits. <laughs> this is exactly how I expected this to go. I'm so excited. We open on Taya Leone and Nicolas Cage, Jack and Kate, respectively. Yes. And they've, they're like a college couple. They're at the airport. Yeah. They look mm-hmm. older than they are than the rest of the film, which is. I'm supposed to believe that Nicolas Cage is like 22. Yeah. They look older than the rest of the movie in this scene. I don't understand why. They had to do reshoots for this scene, I guess, three years <laughs> after principal photography on this movie shot or something, because they do look a little older. Well, I think it's their hair. I think it's bad haircuts are the culprit here, but yeah. Fair. Yeah. Oh, and, um, He's leaving for a 12-month internship with his stockbroker job in London, and she feels that the separation will destroy their relationship. And then asks him not to go, to get off the plane. Don't go, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but he he says, our love is strong enough to last. Kind, kind of shitty, right? Yes. Yeah, like they should they should have had this conversation before, yeah. They do have the good line where he's just like, I feel like people get really emotional at the airport, and so why don't we just <laughs> get the plan? Like he actually makes like a very salient point, and yeah. it is the last salient point that this film will have. <laughs> yes. And like, I feel like maybe we're not ourselves, but also you're Tay Leone, I will do literally anything. Right? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not going to fly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, have you guys ever had like this situation happen where someone is like, sort of, you have to make this big life change or it's over kind of moment yeah it's like i it's hard for me not to go with love in that situation you know what i'm saying like it would be hard for me to walk away from my tail Leone. is what i'm saying in the moment emotions override logic so you're gonna, you're gonna <laughs> probably tend to go emotional and then yeah, okay i made two some years, poor life choices i get it then, you're not wrong of, no i did move you, to san diego she didn't cheat on me it's fine talking to humanity <laughs> i'm telling you that emotions are stronger than logic so even if logically you know my life will be better if i do this you will go emotionally yes because yes. people are emotional beings they're not logical beings they're not vulcans or whatever anyway in two years when you're poor and she's broken up with you then he will be like man i wish i should have gone to london but he but sometimes it works out and this is i guess one of those cases i'm i'm feeling pretty vulcan right now because uh in college i got an email from a guy i was kind of seeing back home that was like when are you moving back home and i just said I'm not, uh, so I guess this is over then. (laughs) I feel like you have to love them for the emotion part to come into play. Wait, (laughs) how long ago was that? You've been in L.A. for like a decade. Well, this is when I was living in Orange County, so I was like 18 or 19 at the time. Uh, But yeah, no, I've been in L.A. for like 15 years. Yeah, that was a long time ago. And he was like, 
this will they won't they thing between us is it ever gonna like happen be like i don't even know who you are anymore no i think you have to be in love with them for this to right go how i'm saying (laughs) no i know i'm just i think he was like i my life is here at home so when she comes home and i was like oh no this is home now sorry if there was a misunderstanding. I would just respond to that and be like, the reason it would never have worked is because I can't be there. Yeah. I had to leave there. I would just tell him, if you really love me, you'd move out here for me. Yeah. Okay, but listen, that can sometimes not be a good call. Don't do and that. as someone who has done that in the past, I would not strongly recommend it. It's not a good call. This is why I did not ask him to do that. I was just like, it seems like your life is there and mine is here. So let's keep it that way. Bye. <laughs> Mine's the opposite. They're like, can you put the seat down? I'd be like, This is obviously fate that we have to separate. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, can we turn the AC up? (laughs) All right. You're going to have to get out of my car right now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You can put pants on. I mean, like we're not going to turn, (laughs) not going to have this house be at lizard terrarium levels. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. Anyway, they look fucking old and he goes to London and never comes back. So <laughs> excellent transition. 10 out of 10. Perfect. I'm going to keep in a pace here. There you go. Cut to Nick Cage. Having sex with a very attractive lady. With the hot lady from Gamer. Wait, what? Oh, is that who it is? He's the hot wife from Gamer, yeah. No shit, okay. We also are set to believe that Nicolas Cage is a sex symbol in this film. He is. That he's just like a power fucker. He totally is. I want to point out that Brett Ratner thinks that single people wear briefs and married men wear boxers. I wondered why that that switch happened very, like, Clearly, that was the switch, right? That is true. Though. And then, like, I, I don't know that that is true. I've Boxer briefs are good for singleness. Yeah. I am a boxer yeah. brief guy myself. Not single. I've been wearing boxer briefs for They're years. great. I love them, Paige. My boys need a house. I, I love them. I, I would like to add, by the way, how embarrassing it is that his song is La Donna Immobile. Yeah. Like, but he's walking around singing it and it's like, what is this, a commercial? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? It did feel like it was gonna like zoom in on a watch collection and then a Rolex thing would come up on the screen. Dude, that is a pasta sauce ass song if I have ever heard one. <laughs> pasta, 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 what are you pasta, talking please? about? It is an Italian opera, right? That, that is a, that's a prego ass song. Like, that's not even like Rouse. That's like ragu or prego, and that's it's, it. It's full Olive Garden. It's pasta yeah. fagioli, the song. Well, he does <laughs> sing it during the credits. That's the opening credits. It's him getting dressed and singing opera. Yeah, because that's how you get the free breadsticks. It's singing pasta fagioli. Which I, I will add that that, I don't know if you guys know what that song is about. No. I've never spoke Italian. Mussolini? No. <laughs> it's about a guy who's a huge piece of shit talking about how women suck when in the reality is that he actually is the one that sucks oh mikey there's an opera about you wow it's like the whole internet yeah (laughs) it's it's about being like about how women are like you know fucking weirdos and shit and that they they should be trusted and it's it's weird that that song fits the theme for this movie and also it's just like a hacky song to have somebody singing yeah yeah well it's one of the it's like control f opera where it's like, it is. I don't know anything about opera, but I need to pick an opera song. That's the one I recognize. I don't know the name of it, yeah. but I know the sound. <laughs> yeah. That's that is the song that they reworded for the board game Grape Escape for children. So if you're wondering like how <laughs> Oh my god. That's the one you play when you play the Grape Escape. So like you have to understand that this is a 
it's a Looney Tunes ass. It is yes. opera. Like yes. it's a song that everybody knows because they've heard it a million times, which makes it like mega hacky that they put it in here. Yes. Even though it is perfect. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so here's a question. I don't find Nicolas Cage to be a sex symbol, but this movie does. Uh, so if you were recasting it, who would it be? Nicholas Cage. In 2000? Anytime. Nicholas Cage. Yeah, Nicholas Cage now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if, if, if you're yeah, making yeah. it then or if you want to remake it now, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I have a weird pick. Okay. This would be Paul Rudd if it was made 10 years Fuck. later. I could see Paul Ooh, Rudd. Ooh, interesting. Okay. Was that your pick, Todd? No, I was going to say Nathan Fillion. Oh. Okay. I can see that. He is a placeholder actor, I guess, in that regard, too. Like, Yeah, yeah I feel like he would fit in well. But you're right. Like, so would 90 other people. Like, Chris Evans would do fine in this. How about Chris Tucker? Love Chris yeah. Tucker in <laughs> this. Yeah. Chris Tucker forever. I would love to see Chris Tucker being like, when uh, Don Cheadle was trying to, like, explain shit to him. Yeah, Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan. They both have to share duties there. Yeah. No, but it's Chris Tucker from Fifth Element. Exactly. Oh, yes. Yeah. Ruby, Ruby Rock. Yeah. yeah. Ruby, Ruby Rock. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. My wife. My wife. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it's my life, man. Comandadas, comandadas, my life. So this is going to be a glimpse into another life. Super green, green. That's green. Super green. <laughs> I love that we got to. We need a fifth element. The family, man. I want to see that movie so bad. <laughs> and now think of Nicolas Cage in the Fifth Element, and now yeah. you have a whole different scenario. Oh, I don't hate that actually. I don't. I'm gonna. I, I'm gonna have a, an unconventional pick. Kevin James or even an Adam Sandler, but an Adam Sandler like punch drunk love Adam Sandler. Isn't that just click? Well, I think I'd prefer Kevin James. That's the first time anybody's ever said that sentence. I know. I know. But I feel like his turn with the kids, he would be more endearing. I think Nicolas Cage is too much of an asshole for most of the time. The I like that Nicolas Cage is an asshole in this movie because that is kind of the point, I guess, is that he has to be an asshole and he's got to find his way to not be an asshole. But he keeps stumbling backwards and like, I'm still kind of an asshole, though. Yeah. The Declaration of Independence. Yeah. Look, I'm figuring it out, man. He does have some funny line deliveries. It's not his worst movie. It's yeah. not. No. No, we watched <laughs> when Peggy Sue got married. I do kind of feel that Tay Leone and Nick Cage like outact what kind of movie this is, but they're still trapped in the movie, if that makes sense. Like they have like really good chemistry and scenes, and then you're like, Oh yeah, the movie's just not great, but but they're doing great. Good for them. She deserves more than we gave her. I really did like Taya Leone. I don't even know what happened to her, but I thought she was a, a great actress. She's probably still at her acting. I have no idea. She's still around. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So scene one. So Nick Cage <laughs> uh, gets into the elevator and like flirts with his older neighbor, and then uh, he's really nice to the doorman on the way out to go to work. Yes. Mm-hmm. In his Ferrari. Yeah. But she hears him singing the bad opera, and she's like, don't stop singing. Oh, you mean the old neighbor? Yeah, the old neighbor, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he gets to work. He works in the same building as the movie Scrooge was filming. It looks like the same set. It's fine. Uh, they're pulling together a multi-billion, like $120 billion merger between two healthcare companies. I didn't pay yes. attention much to the details. It, none of that matters, though, Mikey. You're good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it doesn't it's matter. It's Christmas Eve. Yeah, it's Christmas Eve. He wants an emergency meeting on Christmas Day because somebody's pulling out, which... You never want on Christmas. Don't want anybody pulling out of your meeting. <laughs> Just like Mary and Joseph. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then, like, I wrote down, like, he's like, I'm like, is he an asshole because he's not focused on the holiday? And then, but he, like, is kind of nice to everybody, but they're all kind of capitalistic assholes. I wrote that in my notes. Yeah. He's a businessman. His assistant likes him, so it makes me think he's not 100% an asshole. I don't think he is 100% an asshole. He is a charming, very superficially nice person who is... I think the movie is trying to say making 
the incorrect choices for the person he actually wants to be inside. But I don't know that we ever really see him try to be a better person. So, like, it doesn't really pay off in the end like I think it should. Yeah, but, like, it doesn't go far. He should be more than that. Like, the Scrooge movies, the, the prototype here is that he'd be like, send her a towel for Christmas or get coal or they don't go far enough. Yeah, I agree. I do think because he's an asshole the entire movie, I feel bad for Taya Leone when they end up together at the end. Like, yeah. just because he's not a nice guy. I mean, I, he does have like... He ruined her nice life in Paris. She chose to get off that plane. He does have like t- 10 minutes of being nice and that's it. I do yes. like the idea. I thought he was just going to go to Paris and he was going to do right. the thing. I would have liked that. Yeah. Like, I would have liked it if it ended and then the final scene was him knocking on her door on you know Sang jam or, or whatever shit you know like yeah on the sen i'm here to be french with you i brought a lock for that one bridge that they tell us not to put locks on <laughs> but how terrifying would that be if your ex-boyfriend from 13 years ago tried to stop you from getting on a plane and then showed up at your apartment door like three days after that in another country oh wait save it for the final scene because the final scene is unhinged we have to save it till we get yes, there. yes it is I was like, what? Okay, anyway, the assistant's like, hey, this woman named Kate has left you a message. She wants you to call him. Uh, And she's like, he was like, I almost married her. And the assistant's like, really wants him to call her because she seems like she wants him to connect with another human, which is, I guess, nice. I don't... There's a lot of mixed messaging here because I, I, I think it's because that secretary is bored in her life and she mm-hmm. wants to live through someone else's drama or she's exhausted. She's just tired. <laughs> she's like, you, need yeah. to, you need to look into this because I can't fucking deal with you anymore. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, I think it's that. gotta be that. Also, I'm liberally cursing, by the way. Should I stop? Are we? No, no it's fine. My mom does not listen to the heavy cursing episode. My mom doesn't support me either, Mikey. It's okay. We'll get we'll get through it. My mom doesn't know what a podcast is. <laughs> My mom's like, I think he's in radio. I think he's in radio. <laughs> and you know what, Jeff? She's kind of right. She's like, that's the closest oh, we're getting. That's so funny. Okay, so um, so it's my job to keep us on task now, right? Yep. This is yes. gonna be rough. Okay, so he meets with his boss and is like, "Would you return your ex's message?" And his boss is like, "Exes are like tax returns. Never release them to the public." <laughs> <laughs> he says, "Keep them in a file for three years and toss them." That just sounds like you've killed all of your exes, Mikey. <laughs> or that he's running for office. <laughs> There's jokes like this the whole outline. I can't <laughs> no. wait. So uh, he says, "File them away," and then they schedule a Christmas Day meeting because they're Scrooges. Yes. Well, because the merger's having issues. That's the business business reason. But it doesn't matter. You're right. Yeah. That's why they schedule it because they're Scrooge. Yeah. Uh, So on his way home, he stops to buy the eggnog. He wants to lick off another woman. And when he goes, (laughs) I forgot that's why he was in the store for all of this to have taken place. His dirt bagness just sent him on the right path. He may be an asshole, but he is not a liar. (laughs) (laughs) He is a man who lives up to his words. Yeah. He's he's there to have the worst sex ever. Yeah. Where would you even be? To f- I'd be like, we have to go to the shower to do the milk play. <laughs> oh, oh, don't call it milk play. No. No, you should absolutely call it milk play. And that's what I'm going to call just regular sex from now on. <laughs> Man milk play. Ooh, I don't like it. You got to pull out, though, because you don't want fertilized eggnog. No, you do not. <laughs> not on Christmas. Ah. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, 
I'll be here all outlined. Thank Not you. on the holiday <laughs> celebrating the birth of the holy child. Remember to tip your clippies. <sighs> okay, so he, oh, God. he goes to this convenience store. A man we learn, his name is Cash, our, you know, incredibly racist angel character. Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not playing a racist, but the role itself is a racist. Yeah, the role itself is just very twenty years ago, thirty years ago, and bad. Just wanted to clear that up, so it's not like Don Cheadle Stone talking about how he hates Korean people while he robs them. Right, I mean, right. He has a ticket that he says is worth two hundred and thirty-eight dollars. The store clerk, also not great dude, refuses him. And now that I think is a racist character, by the way, twice yes. in yeah. both ways. Yes. yes. Um, saying the lottery ticket is a forgery. So Cash pulls out a gun and threatens the clerk. And then Jack was like, let's do a business deal. I'll buy your uh, ticket. And then he threatens to kill Jack. And then Cash agrees. And, they, and then he's like, Jack, come outside with me. And then he agrees, even after he put the gun down, to go for a walk with a guy who just pulled a gun on him and threatened to kill him. Yeah, never go with a gunman to a second location unless you're forced <laughs> right? to, right? I would, right. Not be like, I would be like, no, man, I think our transaction's done, right? Like, I don't want to. I wanted to hang here for a bit. I don't know. Don Cheeto seems cool, though. He does seem cool. I'd be like, yeah, let's go to a diner. Yeah. And he knows his name. Yeah, exactly, Mikey. And he also bitches about being an angel. Like, he's like a burned out. And he's like, that lottery ticket was wheel, and that guy, deserved, he should have done better. And you're like, okay. He's like, and then Jack's like, well, maybe we can take you to a shelter, get you a program. You don't really need a gun. You got to get in trouble with it. And he's like, how fucking dare you try to help me? You're an asshole. Here, I'm going to prove it to you. Go to the multiverse. I could never believe Don Cheadle, even in this movie, is like what Nick Cage is seeing him as. Like some street living sort of tough no. on the street or whatever. His no. teeth are way too good. Because he's an angel or an alien. He's from the multiverse. Exactly. Like there's no way that man doesn't have a story I want to hear. Let's go to the diner. He's one of the things from the end of Come Sail Away. It's like, I thought that they were angels. Much but to, to my, my surprise. I climbed aboard their starship and headed for the skies. He said, I'm family man. I'm family man. I'm family man today. Yeah, I, I sang myself into a corner there, but. <laughs> you found your way out and I appreciate it. I do want to point out in this scene, there's a, uh, in the building above them, there's like a cross in the lights in the building above them. When they're out on the street. Oh, is there? Oh, I didn't know. I didn't it's notice. It's very yeah. subtle yeah. unless you've ever seen a cross. I know. It's yeah. like <laughs> very clearly there. I mean, it's as subtle as RoboCop walking on water at the end of RoboCop. So he is not a vampire interdimensionally. Got it. Well, Mikey, <laughs> that cross could represent the branches off the sacred timeline time, yes. as it is branched off the loom because they were unable to contain the threads of the timeline. That's exactly what happened. If you take this movie at face value, it's kind of funny. Cause kind of? No, no, hold on. Once Nick Cage <laughs> is racist to Cash and is like, we can get you into a program and kind of just says some racist stuff to him, Cash responds with, you just brought this upon yourself. Yes. You don't even know what's about to happen. And then he walks away. Cash leaves him pissed off that he was racist towards him. Well, you know, and then uh, he goes back to his penthouse and falls asleep on Christmas Eve. Yes. Is it really racist if you see somebody arguing with a lottery ticket and drawing a gun on somebody for like, hey, we can get you help? I don't necessarily think that that's a particularly racist thing to do to be like, hey, man, it seems like you may have pulled a gun on a grocery clerk eight minutes ago. You want to talk about that? If only we had somebody that works in mental health here that could give us more information about that. 
That's why I was laughing. <laughs> I think it's more racist from a screenwriting point of view. Yes. Where oh, like, sure. yeah, sure. th- that's more where I have the racism is with the person who wrote that interaction. Yeah. Well, he assumes he's homeless, right. which I think is an incorrect assumption because he is well dressed and has not. I mean, it's, you know, he's very kempt. There are there are indicators that he comes from a background that is taken care of. On some level, right? Yeah. I, I I, mean, you have social determinants. I mean, if we really want to get, you know, you know, you have institutional poverty and social determinants of health and all, right. all of those things, which are, you know, you know, very systemic problems that need to be addressed because most people who end up in, in doing, you know, in the criminal justice system, criminal justice, you know, you can basically base it off of area code. It's, it's that's really complicated. Yeah. And it's not funny to talk about. Oh, we can make it funny. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't want to do that. You don't want to get fired? <laughs> no. Not funny. This is like all the times I tried to talk about cookware and they're like, no, we don't want to do it. It's not fun. So at this point in the outline, I said, go over your theory of interdimensional angels in the multiverse. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it seems you couldn't wait for this point. Yeah. We covered that and we can move on. uh, It's Christmas Day. Jack wakes up in suburban New Jersey. The angel has cast him to hell. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's New Jersey. New Jersey. (laughs) He's in a bedroom with Kate. So he wakes up in a bed with his 13-year-old ex-girlfriend, like ex-girlfriend from 13. Wait, there you go. Whoa, 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 whoa. Excuse me. Excuse me. Let's know. Can we just take that again and I'll cut it? Like, yeah, let's just like. Jack wakes up. He wakes up with Kate, his girlfriend from 13 years ago, and he's obviously excited. Not excited startled yes and then kids start jumping on the bed talking about christmas and christmas presents he reacts very much like a guy who thinks he's lost his mind uh he like puts some pants on he's scared like visibly scared oh yeah he's doing the most nicholas cage too everything he does is correct right here yeah yeah, yeah. but it is what people would do if you did wake up in a bed like this oh yeah like because at this point, he, like, I guess thinks he may have, like, gone on a bender and, like, Who went knows? and stumbled yeah. into his ex-girlfriend's now house and is, like, in her bed where her husband should be or whatever. Like, not realizing it's him. Yeah. It'd be weird. So he goes downstairs. They're all yelling. He's confused. His Kate's parents arrive and he's more confused and he just runs away. <laughs> Literally, like... More or less gets the keys from his father-in-law, more or less. Yeah. And then takes their van because he's like, where's my Ferrari? And they're like, you don't have a Ferrari, dog. Like, <laughs> yeah. What I do like is the fact that he actually has a very good relationship with his father-in-law. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Like, his father-in-law is super cool to him. He stopped being a junior trader to take to help out at his business. Like, they're close. Yeah. He's like, here's the only son of a bitch that knows who I, you know, actually knows <laughs> yeah. me here. It's like, yeah. man, you guys, like, you have a really good thing going on. I'm actually very happy for you. Yeah. It is It is kind of a change of pace. Uh, so, he first he goes to his condo, and then the doorman and the woman he you know, the neighbor he flirts with think he is unhoused and try to get him to a shelter. And he yells at them and threatens the, with the HOA. And then he goes to work where he like, I'm the president. Let me in. And then they point. And then Alan, the like the kind of dorky guy is now the president. The kind of dorky guy. The kind of dorky guy. <laughs> wow. I do like when Nicolas Cage is uh, outside of his former, I guess, home yelling, trying to get in. And the guy, the doorman is like, 
asking if he needs the services that he was offering to Don yeah. Cheadle the night <laughs> yeah. before. Yeah. Yeah. I did yeah. sort of love that he like immediately gets like retribution for that. And I know Don Cheadle was involved in that. Yeah, like, the there's no way angel. that angel yes. wasn't there like whispering <laughs> yes. in that shoulder of that doorman. Hell yeah. I do also like that the the president, like his friend is uh, Saul Rubinek, who's just like a really great actor. He's he like a really, great. really wonderful character actor. And I was very excited to see him in here. I'm like, oh, that's good. It's like seeing someone on West Wing. And you're like, ah, exactly. yeah. I love that guy. Or like when you see like Toby Ziegler and other things, you're like, hey, it's Toby. Because he's also like a famous character actor guy, but I can never remember his real name. Yeah. That was how Jermaine Clement was in the 2000 aughts. Yes. Oh, yeah. Right of the Concords mm. era. I always love that. Where you're like, oh, I love this guy. Yes. Yeah. Mikey. So Jack is kicked out into the street. And that was a good that was a good transition. And then he encounters his Ferrari being driven by cash. And he's like, you stole my car. And he's like, hijacked. Hey, <laughs> uh, we get it. And then um, cash offers to explain what's happening. And he says the organization, which I guess is like the angel the adjustment mom. Bureau? It's the adjustment bureau. This is the adjustment bureau's like prequel. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and, and that Jack is getting a glimpse air quotes of what his life would be like and and then, like, he doesn't, he does not do a good explanation of what this is. Usually, the ghosts are just like, look, you're a fucking asshole. Yeah. <laughs> we put you here to not be an asshole. You need to learn not to be an asshole. But instead, you know, Cash is like, look, this is your life now, and I can't really tell you what to do. You're going to be here for fucking forever because you're such an asshole. You got to figure it out. I say that to myself every morning in the mirror, by the way. <laughs> it's his affirmations. Your life, and you're stuck in it because you're a fucking asshole. He has a post-it then- note on his mirror like he wrote. They're called affirmations. <laughs> Isn't that what killed Kanye's mom? Oh. 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 That was liposuction, right? No, liposuction was how he ended up addicted to painkillers. I believe that, yes, for her, it was a gastric bypass. Oh, they killed his family, man. (sighs) We begrudgingly said the name of the movie. (sighs) Get it? I got it. (laughs) Yeah, Jeff. (laughs) Yeah, Jeff. Family member is dead, and the name of the show is Family Man. Yeah, we get it. So uh, (laughs) Cash gives Jack a bicycle bell and is like, do I ring this to summon you? It's like really, it made me laugh. <laughs> and then he's like, wait a minute. It's also a little like raisins. Yeah. And then, well, well, and then um, Cash is like, oh, well, if you're really upset, why don't we just get out, get some air, go for a walk? I love, I love this so much. And then like jukes him out and then leaves him, leaves him in the dust. It's, it's, it's pretty, pretty funny. I like when bad things happen to Nicolas Cage in films. Yes. Same. <laughs> yeah. it, it seems every time I'm like, this character probably deserved it, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So Nick Cage is on a journey in this minivan to find his house and he's got a map and you can't google and all that stuff uh and then he stops at a random guy's house which is jeremy piven which happens to be his best friend he invites him inside sees the pictures of himself and he's like i'm your friend question mark you are glossing over the fact that he's like yeah we've been kind of looking for you for quite some yeah. time oh, right we'll get to yeah. it we'll get to it because it's like christmas day and he's been like m.i.a that was an unfortunate rhyme, but it's still true. What, y'all's dads didn't leave for hours at a time on Christmas Day? No, I have good parents. We've covered this before. Oh. But Mikey's dad was John Cena, so he could never see him. Sorry, buddy. I'm laughing. What are you sorry for? That was a good bit. Yeah. 
So he's like, we've all been looking for you. And then he's like, what about Kate? And he's like, I'm married to Kate. And he's like, yeah, that's the mantra. And then he walks and they like next door neighbors too. like it through, like they walk him through the backyard. Yeah, I thought they like lived on the street behind them or whatever. Call him an Olsen twin because he married Kate. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then he's like, I'm so poor. I only have four bedrooms and three bathrooms and two children. And he's like, I just have the two children, right? And I was like, he's not poor anymore. 20 years has been not kind on this culture. No. Of America. No, bro. Yeah. That's what I've been yelling about for like five years on the horror virgin. I was like, someday I hope I'm so rich I can have four bedrooms. I know, right? And a kid, maybe. That's one more than I have now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'm very, very poor because everything we make goes to the mortgage. Yeah. Same girl. But, but some of that goes back. It's like a little savings account, but most of yeah. it goes to some to the bank. That's why we did it. Because we were like, we could be poor, but have imaginary money for someday. <laughs> <laughs> Good work if you can get it. Uh, so he goes into his house. Kate is pissed she's filed a missing persons uh report and then all of the stuff and then he is confused and like the fact that no one thinks that he didn't have a stroke or something today is a little bonkers to me it, it yeah is. he tries to be honest with her and was like look i just woke up here i never lived here i was in new york i lived yeah. a different life so Mikey, all this other stuff i was gonna ask you probably run into situations like this yeah where someone's had some sort of a break on some level like yeah, you would yeah. be uh, someone like you would be brought in to assess this situation yeah and you would probably and i was gonna ask this would you put this person on like a 72-hour hold or something like this? Well, I mean, if it's somebody without a history of mental health. Sure, first like time. Hallucinations first or delusions. Yeah, and if, if they're Nicholas Cage, like middle-aged, that's very rare. Yeah, so yeah. it could be very medical. So you they would go to an ER first, get all the medical ah, work done before okay. the mental health stuff, because you could have a stroke or a brain tumor. or a, Right. It's very rare in your 30s and 40s to develop psychosis. Right. That usually happens 20s, right? Well, I'm doing my best, though. So. <laughs> yeah, teens or teens or twenties. Yes, usually usually at puberty. Okay, so uh, back to it. <laughs> so he he was honest to her, and then he rings the bell trying to summon cash, and then the 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 little girl comes and gets the bell and puts it on her bike. I love how she takes the bell and he, like rides away on it because she's on her bike still, <laughs> and he goes. Uh, she took my bell. Like, like very much <laughs> talking to the mother of a child he does not know who just stole from him. Like, having no ownership over that child that is his. I thought that was so funny. Well, I mean, it's on character. Not only is oh, he an is. asshole. 100%. He's also a tattletale. <laughs> yeah, she stole that. It's mine. Yeah. Uh, and then... Um, they're all pissed that he missed Christmas. And then he just like gives up. Trying, I would have, I would be like, I'm having a break. Like something is deeply wrong with me. I was in a pin. I, I wouldn't have, he just like ex yeah. accepts at this point on that he's going to try to fake it till he makes it, which is a weird quick. They kind of gloss over this. Yes. So she says, Hey, we got a Christmas party tonight. And he's like, I don't want to go. And she's like, if you don't go, you babysit. And he's like, I'll be ready in 10 minutes. <laughs> I love and then the way he delivers the yes. line subpar and the clothes is just like highlight of the film. Oh yeah. When he's going through his own closet, trying to pick out what he's going to wear to the party. He's like, Oh, all this is subpar. This is just shit. <laughs> I do like that. It's shit. 
And he's just like, all these clothes are ugly and I hate them. And people watching the movies are like, this is literally what I wear every day. I know. Yeah. That is literally what my dad wore every day. Like that shit I saw my dad wearing all the time. Yep. And I'm not saying it killed him, but he's no longer around. So sorry, all your clothes are shitty in your walk-in closet, your four bedroom, three bathroom shithole shack in New Jersey. <laughs> it's four bedroom, two and a half bath, <laughs> at least 2,500 square feet. Like, they're rich as shit now. The the movie that I want to see is actually a character that we meet in this, uh, in the, at the party. And that's, I believe, Evelyn. Yes. Oh, the, the, the flirty neighbor, the flirty uh, wife. Because she's the hottest woman on the planet. At least in this movie. In this little town. And she's like, I'm so lonely. And I hate my life. And, and she's like, clearly, she like, she's clearly in love with Nicolas Cage. Yeah, yes. the only problem is she's still married. Yeah. But it's just very funny because like I want I desperately want to know what her life is like because she's like, I'm so in love with you, Nicolas Cage, which in my head, I'm like, why? Look, people have fallen in love with me so I could suspend disbelief in this. Yeah, that's fair, because, you know, she's like (laughs) just the way you sell tires. Ooh, (laughs) the way I've seen you handle rubber. Oh, that corduroy jacket. Oh, the patches on the sleeve. I get it in the beginning. Because like a lot of women find power sexy, right? I, I totally sure. understand that. I of get course. that. That's a that's a common thing. I'm gonna say people in general find money and power sexy a lot of the time. Men and women. Yeah. I get yeah. that he's pulling gamer wife ass in that world. Oh, as the president of that company, the beginning. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But now, now he's just like, Oh, I've got a wife and these kids and I sell tires. And I hate my life. And she's like, you are the sexiest being I have ever seen in my life. Well, besides Jeremy. You were, you looked 40 at 20. Wait, something Jeff said. And then Mikey's alternate dimension alien theory makes me want a better movie where not only does business Nicolas Cage switch places with family Nicolas Cage, I want family Nicolas Cage, who's about to cheat on his wife with ne- Evelyn, to go to business Nicolas Cage's life. And just like, be lonely and learn positions. his lesson? Exactly, Mikey. And then it's like a better movie because it speaks to two different issues people have in like midlife. I love that. And it's like the poster's just him covered in eggnog being like... <laughs> But Kevin James? Yes. I think we wrote Kevin James's next movie. And we call it Milk Play. (laughs) Okay, so you're saying Kevin James is shirtless in a poster? I'm on board. Yeah. I cannot pretend that I don't think this is how Kevin James already has sex. Oh, with milk? Probably. Nog. If it seems like he has a nog based sexual life. That guy's definitely into (laughs) nog play. Yeah. 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 Ooh, hit me with the nog. He's going to bust a nutmeg. Oh, is he a good dude in real life? Is he a decent dude? I've never met Kevin James. I've heard interesting things. I heard somebody said that at a restaurant that they were serving him, and he somebody said, I, I believe you were told not to speak to me. Jeez. And that makes me not feel great about somebody. <laughs> yeah, it's never fun. But like, you know, I mean, I always look at, I always side-eye Sandler's friends because Sandler seems really nice, and he's like, and here's my best friend, Rob Schneider. And I'm like, ah, never mind. Yeah. Yeah, I think he might just be better at hiding it than his friends. Yeah. Sometimes your friends turn into dicks. Tell me about it, Mikey. And guys, guys have a thing where they won't end friendships. I will. 
I'm a comedian. If if you keep the male friends that are terrible people, you're basically just like, and here's this guy. Found out he's a rapist three weeks ago. Jesus. We're gonna keep him around because I don't believe him because I don't believe that happened because I like this man. That's how that's that's comedy. Comedy is just like, well, he never tried to sexually assault me. No, I just meant like I have a lot of friends who still have like the same friends they did in high school just because they're like, well, I've always been friends with them. I don't really like hanging out with them that much, but we still do it. I'm like, none of that makes any sense. Yeah, that just sounds like me signing up to do shit I don't want to do. That just means you should move, by the way. Yeah. If if like all of your friends are like, well, they're kind of bad people, but what can I say? I'm still or even just they're boring people and we don't have much in common anymore. Like it's okay to grow out of friendships. It's okay to grow apart. Yes, exactly. What a good message we're sending this episode. That's why all my friends grow out of their friendship with me. I think it's just because it's not me. You guys set the clocks a couple years from now. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you grow out of them. Jeff, I'm gonna break up with you if you vote for like Kennedy. That's all I'm gonna say. Oh. Exactly. I'm a, I'm from Massachusetts and I still won't vote for a Kennedy. I will <laughs> never vote for Jamie Kennedy. <laughs> I won't. That guy was a dick to me one time. Yeah, speaking of speaking of fucking creepy sex pesty comedian. <laughs> that was not my experience. Okay. My experience was way, way sadder. I don't know how many fifty I don't know how many nineteen year olds a fifty year old needs to date, but it's pathetic. What do you talk about? That sounds awful. Do you just like double date with Leonardo DiCaprio? Like, at least at 25, you can rent a car. Like below that, you don't even have all the legal protections of the law that adulthood offers. Have you ever spoken to a 19-year-old? Okay. One time on a cruise, I accidentally hit on a 19-year-old, but it wasn't my fault. And we were in Mexico, and everybody's at the bar, and I, I was like talking to her up at the bar. She's drinking, she's cute. You can't, and then she, I'm like, oh, what's you know what? I really hope this story took place in like 2006. Uh, I was like 35, oh. and then I'm like, oh, what brings you on the cruise? And she's like, high school graduation. I was like, I've got to get the fuck away from you. Bye. <laughs> so I'm gonna actually get. I'm gonna call the cops on myself yeah. real quick. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like throwing up in the pool. I'm like, oh my god, I'm a bad person. <laughs> but yeah. But once you know, I mean, you handled it correctly. Yeah. No, I was like, yeah. oh my god. First impressions, there's nothing you can do about it. But yeah. After the fact, yeah. Anyway, so he, the, the neighbor flirts with him, and then he figures out that Kate's a nonprofit lawyer and yells about it in the party. And then she makes he is him like, walk. "You're a nonprofit lawyer, like no money, like pro bono." He's like a real asshole. She should divorce him. Yeah, yeah. she should <laughs> yeah, absolutely yeah. divorce that man from this right here. Like it's nuts. But I think they think he's joking because everybody's like, "Ha, huh, he's so funny." And I'm like, "Okay, what? but like if Nick." Cage was at your party and was yelling at you like this, I would laugh, Mikey. I'd be like, oh my God, Nick Cage is doing a bit, I guess. But like, don't worry about it. He's Francis Ford Coppola's nephew. I work at a nonprofit. I've been yelled at. In the in the 2000 aughts, working for a nonprofit was like this shit. And then you found out that they like mostly shady and that like, they're like, yeah, well, the company doesn't show a profit because we pay our you know, our CEO makes seven figures. Right. Yeah. And you're yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. so you, as long as you pay individuals a lot of money, then that just seems like a tax shelter. Yeah. More than anything. It's a tax loophole. Yes. Which is why I think we need to be a nonprofit. No. Since you Todd, won't let us be, be a religion church. page. No. <laughs> you don't have to be a church. We can be a 503C and just do charity, laughter charity. Yes. We give away an hour and a half to two hours of free content twice a week, Paige. 
How is that not a charity for people's ears? Anyway, <laughs> he walks the dog and he's like an alien figuring out how to walk a dog. And then he's like, dog, can you take me home or whatever? It's like a really bizarre cutaway scene. I don't understand why they did it's it. It's legitimately like the equivalent of um of those scenes in the beginning of infomercials where it's like, washing the car is hard. It's like <laughs> the dragging and the burying. Walking yeah. the dog and finding your way home is yeah. hard. Yeah. Have you ever tried walking your dog in the winter? <laughs> <laughs> Scrubbing is so hard on your hands. Ugh. He acts like his dimension where he was a CEO didn't have dogs because he's asking the dog to poop yet walking it in the middle of the road dead center. I know. Mikey, I was like, he's going to get hit. Yeah, this is a very cinematic <laughs> walk. So the next morning he wakes up, the baby's crying. The wife is in the shower singing. He's like, hey, the, the, the baby thing is crying. And she's like, it's my day. And she looks pretty hot in the shower. I mean, which he, we see him notice. She has a six foot tall double in the shower. Yeah. He like opens the door and then it opens the door and it's Taylioni. And it's like, you guys didn't even put her on an apple crate in there. You just. You just found the tallest double in the world for this woman. <laughs> it was actually, okay, so this is a fun fact I'm stealing from uh, Mikey, but Nicolas Cage demanded to be in the shower for this scene as well, so he's actually wearing a blonde wig in the shower. He looks good. He looks great, doesn't he? He's got range. I don't he know does. what you, I want, you want from me. Got, the man has range. <laughs> so uh, it's his day to take care of the kids, uh, so he goes to try to change the diaper and, again, looks like an alien doing it, like he's never heard of the concept of diapers, which is an interesting take. I thought an interesting take was showing a child peeing. Yeah, I was yeah. like, why are we showing this? This is weird. So that is an outtake that they just went with i looked it up is it oh okay. yeah okay. okay yep that wasn't supposed to happen but he stayed in character while that while that went through and they oh. just kept it acting hashtag acting well i mean he's supposed to be acting like what the fuck is happening what do i do here yeah no and that is what he does there so yeah nailed it nick nailed it sometimes i think about acting and i'm like it's stupid but i could probably do it and then i see stuff like when heath ledger tried to blow up the hospital and he like really perfectly did it right as the joker and like yeah. Didn't, that was all like kind of an improv thing because the detonations didn't go off in time. Like, it just actually didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. And I was yeah, like, yeah. oh, I couldn't do that. And like, if a baby, if I, if the baby started pissing on me in the shoot, I'd be like, oh, are we going to cut? Oh, you want me? <laughs> this baby <laughs> peed on me. So like, I'm stopping. Yeah. Yeah. The baby pissed in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the other girl is Annie. The older little girl is Annie. She's staring at him and is like, Look, I know you're an alien. And yes. It's, I think this is like, she's very charming in this film. Uh, she's great. Yeah. And it's really funny where she's like, I know you're not my dad. Well, and that sets up the really sweet moment between them at the end before he goes back to the his old life. Yes. When she's like, I knew you'd be back. It's so sweet. Well, yeah, because in this moment, she's like, the you're an alien. You stole my dad. Do you promise not to kidnap and murder me and my brother <laughs> and my mom? And then she's like crying and he's like, yes, I promise not to kidnap and murder y'all. He just says, sure. Which yeah. I think is really funny. <laughs> like he's going to give it a good think later, but for now yeah, he's sure. not considering it. Uh, yeah, it is very, you know, it's very like children know, know us better than we know ourselves. Kind of, a, kind of, <laughs> but it is very funny that she's like, look, I'm not going to dime you out or anything. Just, you know, I know who you are. Yeah. So she gets a stool and she's like feeling on his face and she's like, damn, those aliens did a good job at like replacing you or whatever. And it's like, yeah. and she's like, okay, now we go to this other, she like gives him directions to daycare. And he's like, this, she's like, this is the building 
where children go where their parents go to work. And he's like, very good tip. Thank you. And then he's like, where do I go now? She's talking to him like he's an alien and it's actually yeah, very it's, clever. Yeah, it's yeah. really cute. funny. Which like as as that young of a child, I could not have directed people to where my daycare was like directionally on the streets. Oh, it seems like he may have been a shitty dad anyway. Yes. Yeah. She's like, don't worry. I have to tell him how to get here all the time. 100%. Based upon the way she's treating the situation and how like for how young she is, how aware she is of the world around her. I was very concerned for her whole life. Yes. I, th- I have a feeling she's the alien. She's had to grow up fast. <laughs> she's the alien and, and the baby doth protest too much. She's like, I think you might be the alien. Or she's one of Don Cheadle's helpers. Or how many drawers is he hiding scotch in? <laughs> yeah. Right. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I, that's right. I drink pretty heavily. <laughs> <laughs> so she explains he works at Big Ed's Tires. Nicholas Cage has like a conniption fit. So he goes to Big Ed's Tires, finds his office. I love how he's like, I sell retail. I work retail. <laughs> he's the worst. And he gets in his office, finds the scotch. And he's like, you needed this every day. But then he looks at the uh, look, all the pictures at the office and he finds out what's made this timeline different in this multiverse is that he can't, he did not go to London because he finds out he was working here in 88. Mm-hmm. Or he came back. He came right back. Right? Yeah, he yeah. came right back. Well, he doesn't find that out till later. Right, right. But it, this is the moment where he's like, okay, this is the thing that I didn't do that changed my life. Yes. That's right. <laughs> I wish I could do a Nick Cage impression. You can! Just be incredulous about stuff. Yeah! And do it like while talking out of the back of your mouth. <sighs> oh my God. Oh, yeah. You could go Peggy Sue got married Nick, Nick Cage and just be like Oh my god I never went to London <laughs> It's a me and Nick Cage Johnny's got his bride Johnny's got his hand Yeah. Hello Todd it's Mikey Hello Mikey it's Todd <laughs> I need to tell you something Mikey it's fine you'll be a great dad That's We're gonna table that <laughs> But on that table Is a delicious factor meal Yes What a trans <laughs> Oh my god, guys, this actually is a factor ad. That was amazing, Mikey. Mikey here for Factor Meal on Romance of the Pod. Heck yeah. We're gonna table it. Delicious, already fresh made meals, never frozen. It takes two months to warm up, just like Mikey does. I have a busy schedule. I work all day. I have fun too much. I also work at night. I also have too much fun. And I... <laughs> I have a problem with words. Yeah, words is one. Uh, <laughs> ordering out is another one. Same. I ordered out tonight. Yes. I literally got, let's just say a factor equivalent meal for Natalie and I, and it was like $48 when it could have been way less with factor. Yeah. And I, I struggle with proportions. And factor comes pre-proportioned, pre-prepared, chef re- ready. I've used it before. Before they even advertised on the podcast, I used factor meals especially when I was working a lot during the COVID lockdown. I mean, that was the best time to get on board with Factor, except for right now, because (laughs) Factor is giving 50% off to all of our listeners. If they go to factormeals.com slash romancingthepod50 and use code romancingthepod50 to get 50% off, that's code romancingthepod50 at factormeals.com slash romancingthepod50 to get 50% off. That's a good deal. Do it. And they have an easy to use app. And they never require me to talk about the app. Mikey, that was the end of the ad. That was the I end know. of the ad. <laughs> I'm, I'm still going. All right, factor meals. <laughs> <laughs>
So he goes home. He's like watching TV in his bedroom because, you know, he's so poor that they have a TV in their bedroom. I mean, that's not like a rich people thing. It was like 30 years ago. This was 23 years ago. So, yeah, everybody had a TV in their bedroom. I didn't have a TV in my bed in the year 2000. I didn't have a TV in my bedroom then. Yeah. Must be nice. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah. If you're going to say this movie does not understand what rich and poor is, you're right. So uh, Kate comes in and she's like, the kids are asleep. And then she like comes on to him and then she's like, I got lingerie. And then he pretends to be asleep because he feels like he's taking advantage of her. I Oh, no. I thought he actually fell asleep. I thought he just fell asleep. No. They reveal he didn't. No. If you... He, his eyes are open Yeah I literally wrote in my notes Because I thought he fell asleep too at first Because I didn't quite remember the whole movie It had been a while since I saw it I was like Wait If your lady is like coming on to you And then is like Oh wait I got something for this And then goes to the bathroom I'm never fucking falling asleep Like I am awake until yeah. Whatever happens happens You know what I'm saying There's always a chance She's coming out with eggnog Exactly And listen Milk plays on the menu Yeah You don't want to lose that opportunity But I don't understand why he doesn't have sex with her. Like, why does he pretend to be asleep? Because it doesn't seem right. Yes, but then that would make him not a complete asshole. Right. So, like... But that's that's it. That's the kernel of his of his not being an assholeness is, like, we're like, what a fucking asshole. And then you look and be like, ah, he's, like, a good guy in real life, you know? Like, I don't disagree, Jeff. I think the movie fucks it up by, like, literally a scene later or so. Evelyn's like, hey, you want to have an affair? And he's like... Yes, please. So, like, that's fucked. That's messed up. I mean, but he's yeah. not wrong. He is an interdimensional being. <laughs> we get to <laughs> it. Also, I would like to add that that would be consensual. Yes, and and under yeah. no under no sort of like false pretense. Where like if she when like Taya Leone, if she fucks him, then that's actually that's unethical. Of him to do that. Yeah, it's Revenge of the Nerds style. I pretended to be your boyfriend. It's more ethical for him to have the affair. Yes. Than it is for him to fuck his wife. I don't think the movie knows that. <laughs> no, it sure doesn't. But that's okay. It wants him to be celibate until he falls in love with her and then he can fuck her. Yes. Yeah, I do think at the end of this movie when they are at the airport cafe having coffee, they're going to have sex. Yeah. Okay. I have a I have a question for the group. Uh, I think this is a good segue. This was later on, but part of this is if you could travel back in time and start life like five, ten years ago with all the knowledge you have now, would you... Yes. Fuck all these people you could have fucked, but now you have all the knowledge. Would that be unethical or could you do it and feel good about it? I'm not ethical, so I've answered that <laughs> Five years ago, I was already dating Jake, so I'd have to go back farther. Go back 10 years, 15. If you send me back to being 27 years old, that's dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a problem. Yeah. Because like, I look back and I was like, man, I did not appreciate how I was back then. I didn't appreciate myself. And now I go back having known that and I'd be like, mm, I'm going to be an absolute dirtbag. <laughs> I'd just be more assertive overall, I think. Well, you would know the ins and outs, how to manipulate these people that you've known for years. Yes. Yeah, that's fair. I'm unethical. And also, you'd have that sweet, sweet Bitcoin money, baby. <laughs> I would. That's what I'd be doing. I'd be buying Bitcoin. I would beat up Elon Musk. Oh, doing the Lord's work. So there's a great book called The 13 Lives of like Henry August. And it's about he lives his whole life and then wakes up his consciousness again when he's like six years old with everything he learned from his last life. Yeah. And he does that. Like there's like a whole thing about it. it's like really he does it 13 times. A lot of book talk on the movie podcast, folks. Let's move on. I was not told <laughs> there'd be a reading requirement <laughs> for this episode. Yeah. We know you can't read. It's fine. But like 
If I sleep with the ones that got away and stop them from having their other kids, that I kill their future kids that didn't happen yet, or because I'm back in time, it's not unethical to Fuck em. get them to not have the kids with their future husband. Fuck em. I'm not following. <laughs> I think what he's, what he's asking is it murder if he goes back in time and stops someone who's married right now and has kids with them from meeting their husband. Is it murder? Yeah, like your high school sweetheart, stuff like that. I guess maybe. I don't feel like I missed out on any of those people. <laughs> Me either, honestly. It's It can't be murder because there's... They never existed. There's no body. You're right. Yeah. 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 Ain't going to pin it on me. I'm pro-choice. No, it's not murder. <laughs> I chose yeah. to go back in time. And I choose to <laughs> not in this one that got away. So what no. you're asking, what you're asking, Mikey, is if I could, if I could go back in time and maybe not invite four other dudes on that date, yeah. would I do that? No. I don't really think I would... Yeah. I wouldn't go back and change that. Well, you're already there. You're living that timeline. Are you going to do the same things you did the first time, or are you going to fuck with the timeline? No, I'm going to go back in time and be a movie star in the 70s. Clearly, I'm going to live my life on the timeline. I deserve it. Okay, that's not just going back into your life. You're going back in time. <laughs> yes. That's a whole different premise we're talking about. Hell yeah. I should not put these asides on the on the outline. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you did this to your, you played yourself, Mikey. You I played yourself. Do both roles. Congratulations okay. <laughs> on a nine-hour podcast, everybody. Mikey is currently trying to have it all and he's failing at it. No, no, we're doing we're like an hour twenty. Seven in. That's hour 27. All you gotta do is meet with the goddess, and it's all a downhill slide to the end, baby. Yeah. There's only six more pages of this outline left. <laughs> Most of it is a rant I have about time travel, multiverse theory, and fucking your friends. Okay, let's go. Let's get into it. Let's go. Wait, so now you're into polyads? Hang on. <laughs> No, it's not poly if you do one in each universe. It's, we don't have time. <laughs> it would be cool to jump to every branch of every decision you could have made and sell every decision tree. That would take so long. I just, I don't have that. No, I can't. Well, time, time doesn't exist when you're going sideways. You know what I'm saying? My attention span does, though. I can't. Like, we got to move on. Yeah, it's too much. Not 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 the over not overline wise. I just can't, I can't spend that much time on every fucking decision. Look, I think we can all agree. Go back in time, fuck the people, move on. I agree. I mean, Jeff, that's what I was getting to. We'll, right. we'll tear out those four pages. Anyway, <laughs> they go to the mall. Yes. And then he throws a hissy fit because he's a giant child. Then he yes. goes to try to buy an expensive suit. And then he talks a little bit about his old life and she's really confused and they have an argument. Oh, I thought this was the hissy fit. Like he does throw a hissy fit here as well. No, he does a fit before that. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. He throws a hissy fit before he finds the suit. He's just hissy fitting today. He's really bitchy when they go into all these different stores. He's like, well, why don't we just go to every goddamn store in the mall? <laughs> That's just him being a little bitch. Then when it comes to he has a tantrum when he wants yes. the suit. He's like, yeah, like a child who wants a toy at Kroger. $2,400 suit. It's $2,400. He's like, oh, Nicholas, hey. Yeah, she, he loves spending money. Which, by the way, if you adjust for inflation, that suit would be $4,288 today. Fuck me. Jesus and then she, Christ. And he's yeah. like, you bought those shoes. And she's like, these are $20 fucking shoes. They were bro. $25, which you adjust for inflation would be like $45, $48 today. I would like to add, have you ever guys, have you guys ever worn like a really nice suit? Yes. Yes. You do look and feel really good. From what I read in the papers, it wore me, baby. <laughs> yeah, and then she's trying to hammer him home with this message in the middle of the mall, like, you should have a happy life and not need a suit. It's like a little over the top here. I mean, she may as well just be yelling at him like, hey, we're like, we're rich, sort of. Like, we don't have $2,500 for a suit rich, but we're doing fine. And they are. Like, they're doing very fine. Well, yeah. And he's like, 
He's like, I could be so much. People would envy me. And she drops a bomb and she's like, listen up, bitch. People <laughs> already envy our lives. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, I'm fucking Taya Leone. Yeah. yeah. There, was a, <laughs> there was a point later on where Jeremy Piven is like, your wife is Taya fucking Leone. What is wrong? It, I, it's, yeah, exactly. And he's like, I gave. Well, so then she. <laughs> Todd, I have, an I have to talk to you outside the podcast about this movie. Cause Okay, Mikey, if you could come over here for one second. <laughs> Yo, Mikey, what's up? I'm going to actually open up a breakout room. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So I'm like, hey, what's up, baby? Some of our friends are having fights like this. Or like, I gave up so oh, much shit. for you. We're getting real. Okay, okay, okay. I was not expecting this. Yes, go. Well, I saw some of these fights and I was like, oh, this is like stuff that they've been talking about. Yeah, I do also think that this movie is, it, it like speaks to a problem that a lot of people in midlife have. Yeah. And then so then she <laughs> tells him the story of Jack. He came home from London the next day and they were happily and then they they were happy. Yeah. So in the car, he finds out that's when he came back from London the next day. Yeah. And then on the he's like, "Well, what were all the big surprises in our life?" He tries to like play dumb about like, "Well, what do you think was the big surprise?" He talks like an alien. And the fact that she doesn't notice something is wrong with him. Something was definitely wrong with him before. Everybody I, should be like, "Have you had a stroke?" <laughs> yes. It's like I smell toast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I smell toast. I feel like your Nicolas Cage is also Keanu Reeves. Kind of. And I'm yeah. here for that. They're both at the height of their power. Yes. And she's like, I don't know. I guess if I could put a finger on it, me getting pregnant with Annie was like maybe the biggest surprise we had when we when you came back from London or whatever. And then that her dad had a huge heart attack, and that's why he went to work for him and gave up his dreams to support her family and then Annie. Ta-da. Yeah, which is why I guess he hates her. He should have leaned into the kid and been like, you fucking ruined my life. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, you could have worn a condom, Nick. Yeah. I will burn a fun fact here, though, because in this conversation is when she reveals that because Big Ed had the heart attack, she says, when you stepped in at the store, referring to him taking over the tire store, but it could also refer to when he stepped in at the convenience store. And his life changed. Oh, well. hell yeah. That's a very, very good uh, thing that you noticed. I didn't notice it. Somebody else wrote it down. So thank you. <laughs> so the next scene is Bowling League. And what I have written down here is, is Bowling League a big thing that movies and pop culture have made it out to be? Because it's referenced a lot, but I have never met a single person in a bowling league. That's because you're not a boomer. My aunt oh. and uncle are in bowling leagues. Yep. Okay, they this are. checks out. Yeah, I'm in a pinball league. So, like, yes, people do do competitive recreational sports. So, yes. And honestly, bowling league, super fun. I would do it. Yeah. I'm a terrible bowler. I've never done Same. a bowling league either, but I enjoy bowling. Like, it's fun. I'm not good at it, but I always have a good time doing it. Plus matching shirts. Oh, When I bowl, yes. I throw in the most, like, stereotypically way you'd expect me to do it, where I take the heaviest ball. Mm -hmm. I line myself yeah. up pretty straight and I just hurl it as hard as I can and the pins explode when I hit them. <laughs> we get oh, so it, humble. Jeff. You hate <laughs> tall rednecks. <laughs> I just like brute force my way and hope I murder. All I can't aim. I just, I just hope that it's strong enough to obliterate the pins. Well, that goes to kind of what, what Nicolas Cage is doing here because he's terrible, but then he gives himself the most insane but awesome pep talk to, to hit a pin that I've ever heard in a movie where he's like, we, you know, I, the bulls chase me and blah, 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 blah. And then he knocks over like four pins and, and really celebrates, but everybody hates him. He also yeah. reminisces about the movie honeymoon in Vegas, which I thought was really funny. We did honeymoon in Vegas a few weeks back. He's like, I, sk I skydived over the desert. 
Yeah. <laughs> the, I mean, yeah, yeah. As a light up Elvis. Yeah. <sighs> and then the flirty wife comes over and he's like, yo, like, I've been here for like four days now and I really need to get laid. He's like, what is our thing? Are we having an affair? And she's like, are we being honest? And then she's like, you can just come over anytime. And then my husband's out of town all week. You're you're glossing over how <laughs> utterly brutal what she says <laughs> is. And why I am obsessed with this woman. Like, you're just like, oh, come over my house. No, she's like, I am so, I'm yeah. so fucking desperately in love with you. I am aching to be with you. My life is awful. And I want you to be a part of it. She never wears straps and it's Nicolas Cage's fault. She's just like, I only. When she's like, I go strapless for you. I was like, yeah. girl, no. But, but like that to me, I was like, oh, honey, what's your life? Where are the straps? But at? I guess it's I guess it's like the willing suspension of disbelief that Taylor is like everybody's obsessed with us. Everybody's <laughs> jealous of us. Yeah, and we're like, no, we get why they're jealous of Nick. Yeah, yeah, but they're not jealous yeah. of you. Everyone feels bad for you, Taya. Yeah. Well, yeah. his group of friends is not like nines and tens. You know what I'm saying? No, it's it's Jeremy Piven and the guy from Heavyweights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you mean the hottest people of the year 2000? Yeah, I would like to remind you when I say guy from heavyweights, not Ben Stiller. Right, right. Not ben Stiller. Dinner is canceled due to the lack of hustle. Yeah. <laughs> I love heavyweights. Uh, but yes. <laughs> so he goes and tells Piven because he's like, write down her address so I can go have sex with her. It's not really cheating. It's too much to explain. I'm a multiversal alien universe, you know, traveling man. I'm a multi-poly man. It's fine. <laughs> this is a branch timeline. <laughs> <laughs> and then he gets another pep talk about his marriage to Kate that he didn't actually do. So, like, I'm kind of with Jeff on this where, like, if he was going to fuck, probably don't fuck Kate would have been the way to go. It's more ethical for him to fuck the super smoking bowling alley lady. I don't have as much of an ethics issue with it, but I am also a person that has declared Terminator to be the most romantic time travel movie with Time Cop being a close second. So I cannot be trusted. Wait, Paige, let me ask you a question. Uh -huh. Is it still hot if Kyle Reese is married in the future before he comes back to bang his mom? I mean, you mean he, when he comes back to bang John Connor's mom? Yeah, yeah, yeah not dog. his own mom. Sorry, yeah, John Connor's mom. It's fascinating that the 80s were obsessed with time travel impregnation movies. Right. Where they were like, we got to make sure this lady gets fucked. We got to. <laughs> it's and so also, important. <laughs> we can tell which JCVD is which because one has a mullet. I would like to add, I watched Time Cop like two days ago. It's been oh, on TV so all week. I wish I had the time. It was on Pluto. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely going to be watching this. It holds up. So, Mikey, did you want to get back into the uh, outline? Yes. Uh, he tries to get the address. Piven gives him another pep talk. You know how Piven's famously not a pervert? <laughs> in this movie at least yeah, this, he's basically yeah. playing the gross point blank character yeah he's like the, Kate's the best thing you have we all are jealous of y'all or whatever like you know you are the A-list suburban couple he's like lock it up you have a beautiful wife two great kids stop it grow up enjoy your life so he gets home and immediately turns the other way and is like, oh, shit, Taylioni's really hot. Let's, like, throw chocolate cake in her face or whatever. And then um, I hated that they wanted me to feel like this was a romantic moment. 30 seconds after he was like, hey, Piven, give me Evelyn's address so I can get down on that. Well, as has been established earlier in the film, Nick Cage sex and dairy products are hand in hand. He sees her <laughs> with a chocolate cake cannot contain his erection <laughs> he's, he's probably just like 
you know what would make this even better? Milk pudding. She's like, is it eggnog? <laughs> it's totally eggnog. Oh, oh, oh god! Great cheddar into my mouth. <laughs> okay, now, wait. Now I'm back in. Oh my god, it's so fresh. <laughs> and Skip then, the eggnog. <laughs> give me the cheddar. I'm here for it. So they're wrestling on the steps with the chocolate cake, and then she's like. Tell me what I want to hear. And he's like, You're a naughty girl. I'm gonna punish you. And she's like, <laughs> done. She's fucking done. Goes upstairs. He's blown it. Taya, let him let him get a little bit saucy. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is yeah. on her. This is she on her. She doesn't like dirty talk as much as he likes dairy. Ah, that's very that's very four bedroom house talk. Yeah. What did you want him to say? Take me to bed or lose me forever? Take me to the fridge or lose me forever. Because <laughs> it's dairy. It's not shelf and it's stable. Like, she wants him to say every time I've loved you for 13 years. Like you can't have any dirty sex on the on the on the stairs with the chocolate cake. She said, cake me now or lose me forever. <laughs> Hell yes. <laughs> Hell yes. She's not very sexually fun fetty. Yeah. Although he did get into this problem because he nogged her up. <laughs> but the Jesus. way she handled his dirty yes. talk, I figured it would have been a vanilla ass cake. You know what I'm saying? No. Oof. Yeah. His dirty talk, not great. <laughs> so she's like, oh, that's not dirty enough. And she goes upstairs. <laughs> and then so he stays downstairs and watches home movies and learns like what his counterpart that he's replacing is acts like when he's in love with her. And I think he's supposed to be learning a lesson of like what love is from this video, even though three hours ago he was going to have an affair before the chocolate cake. And this video is max cringe. Yes. It's real cringe. Max cringe to the max. It's me, Max cringe like that. <laughs> Detective Max cringe. He's going to post on Twitter about you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he's doing now. Yeah. He just followed all your friends on Instagram. <laughs> he wants to have a combined Facebook account. <laughs> he tells everyone he's Polly. <laughs> but really, he's just alone and wishful thinking. Yeah, I'm Polly. Polly Pizza. I love lots of pizzas. <laughs> 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 what? I do love pizza. It's my favorite food. A hot take here on the show. It's not a lot of point. Yeah, yeah. You know what food I like? Controversial opinion. <laughs> I'm going to start a takeaway pizza place called Hot Take. It's pretty good. And then when you open the box, there is a racist joke in it. Oh. <laughs> it's just a Joe Rogan quote. Yeah. You open it and it just goes, Ray is a Mary Sue. And you're like, nah, nah come on. I didn't sign up for this. Cut to the next day. It's their anniversary, which he didn't, doesn't know about because he's an alien. Goddamn, I will say this. Mm -hmm. I, when she gives him what I think is a very thoughtful gift based upon his hissy what, his hissy a fit kings of comedy that suit? happened. Well, I mean, it was a suit. He wanted a suit. He, did, he got what he deserved. But the way she like performatively like yeah. giggles and holds her hand out waiting for a gift. I thought was insane and I loved it. And you, he does a good job because you can like watch him die in this scene. I think oh, he does a he good does job. Being like, oh. She bought him a Bernie Mac suit. <laughs> like it is green. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she's fucking pissed uh, as she should be. And she's just hurt. Yeah. Because he forgot their 13th anniversary. That's the one where you buy people a machete. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's a crossover <laughs> it is uh so uh annie gives him a pep talk about the anniversary and was like look bro you fucked up he's really good at anniversaries and then he's like what if i take her to a dinner no one's thought of that before she's like whatever <laughs> i don't care <laughs> whatever grown-ups do <laughs> so they go like his favorite restaurant right the one like from his old life that he yes from his old life right. yeah which is why he knows exactly what to order and the, even the wine and she's like hey that's an 800 hundred dollar bottle of wine and he goes 
We'll just have red wine by the glass. <laughs> <laughs> but considering this is all a fever dream, he should have just ordered that eight hundred dollar. Yeah, right. Know, right? There's no, there's no consequences. It's kind of like you know Groundhog's Day. Hall pass. He could have gone into his glimpse and murdered everyone. But yeah, but then he might have gotten stuck there. That's true. Yeah, That's maybe true. Don Cheadle doesn't like spin up his old instance. To like throw him back into it Maybe just to live with the consequences of that Don Cheadle is a very devoted member of the TVA And he will preserve the timeline (laughs) So we can trust that much I didn't realize Don Cheadle worked for the Tennessee Valley Authority (laughs) Todd doesn't watch Loki It's a whole thing (laughs) It's a a, a good joke I like that Thank you it's very much regional humor (laughs) (laughs) A good joke and a new deal (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit it was a part of the new deal So he seems really happy with his family life. He's like coming to terms with it. But then he's talking about how like he starts talking to Tay Leone about his old life, about like, I thought I had it all, but I don't have it all. I'm having serious doubts about who I was. And she thinks he's talking about his life now. Hilarious misunderstanding. <laughs> he seems to not know he's in this movie at this point. <laughs> yeah. He yeah. forgot. I did think it was crazy that he's like 50 minutes into this movie and doesn't understand what's going on. It feels yeah. like he thinks she's also aware of what's happening yeah. to him. He's like, you know how my other life was, right? Yeah. And she's like, right. Don Cheadle filled you in on the specifics, at least, right? Before he, like, Truman showed me in this cage I'm in, I yeah. guess. Yeah. I would like to add that we we never talk about her law career. No, oh, not never. unless we're diminishing it because she helps poor people. <laughs> Must make a lot of money be a non-profit, huh? God, the way boomers hate helping people is astounding. And it's just fully on display in Nick Cage in this movie. Their their version of helping people is shooting somebody that's interacting with them on their front lawn. That's that's their version of helping. Yeah. I killed this thug. That is literally the mailman. <laughs> I was like, and by thug, I mean my new neighbor. That's their <laughs> fault for trying to sell me cookies. Yes. He was a member of that gang, Amazon. Amazon. <laughs> Always coming around here wearing their colors. <laughs> I always love that some hick thinks somebody's kind of get to their house. I have a long driveway for a reason. It's like, no, you ordered no one's fucking, coming. You ordered this. You ordered this, this Carhartt jacket. I like that joke a lot. <laughs> uh, so he goes well so then he like tells her the synopsis of the movie takes her to a hotel room yeah he does and then he's like oh yeah you know what i haven't stopped loving you this whole time and then yep she's like that's all i wanted to hear and then i think they bang they like fades to black they do yeah he cakes her up which i guess mm-hmm. is okay <laughs> yeah. but like he takes the cake <laughs> hold on i have to go get a milkshake real quick oh uh, room oh, service do you have eggnog yeah can we get some yogurt up here fast he prefers grown woman because he's not a pedophore. Ah, uh, boo. Oh, <laughs> I have a lot of pedophore references in here, so. <laughs> Strike that. Okay. I also love Gilbert and Sullivan. Is that what you guys are talking about? Oh, my bad. Never mind. <laughs> so it cuts to like what I think is a couple of months later because it's Valentine's Day. Uh, yeah, he is living this life for like the entire winter. Like It's like he's like there for like 10 weeks or something. It's like a long time. Weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Two and a half months would make sense. Yeah. So he uh, goes to work. He's he's like really enjoying selling tires, but then he sees his old boss. Yeah. I mean, it, it just sets that he's like settled into his life. Yeah. And he yeah. is in love with his wife and like is getting there with the kids or whatever. But he has an idea. He's like, what if I could take this life and then my old life? Oh, yeah. Put it together. He's trying to get chocolate and his peanut butter. Yeah. <laughs> what if yeah, I could yeah. have it all, Mikey, some would say, right? I do like the idea where he's like, I could probably improve things pretty good. Yeah. Like, I do 
like that it's it's one of these scenarios because like yeah like what you're saying is he meets this guy and he basically just slides back into his other life well, yeah he's been watching tv he manipulates but like him. i do love the idea yeah. of him being like i can legitimately make our life so much better and she's so offended by it yeah and he's like i i don't think you understand i have been offered something that will literally double jeff yeah the conversation they have when he's showing her the apartment in the city i think is a little nuts yeah i mean we could talk should we table it should we table it or should we should we do it now yeah table table we're almost there. Okay. Yeah, table yeah, it. we're so close. Yeah. But no, Jeff, you're right. I agree. And like he basically pulls like a um like Long Island medium with this guy and he's like <laughs> predicts all the stuff and like gets a job interview. Yes, he does. He Long Island mediums this dude because he remembers them from his old life. He's like, You have a merger. It's in healthcare. I think the spirits are telling me healthcare. He tells him how to do the merger and he's like, here's why you fucked up. Like the kind of thing. And he starts explaining it and the guy's like, all right, well, bring me my car. Yeah. <laughs> because why don't you bring it to me? Because you know what people love is strangers telling them how they fucked up their day job. Yeah, I know. Right. There's no way his old boss even sees him as a person. Right. Like he's mm-hmm. that much richer than Nicolas Cage's character. Yeah. But he that's why he does the long eye meeting. I'm like, I know there's a scar on your thigh with your and he's like, Oh shit, maybe we should From get the psychic over you. <laughs> in my yeah. hazing day. So he go it cuts to him dropping off his boss's car or his old boss's car, and he goes to an interview with his old boss and Alan, the that guy, the character actor. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he Long Island mediums them about like telling them why they make all the choices they make. And uh, and then he knows everything about the merger. And then like he's a psychic and like they're like, oh, my gosh. It's also it's important to know that the firm is not doing as well as it did under Nicolas Cage. Yes. It's a much more boutique, very small firm. And when you walk into the office, and you see there's like dogs and a playpen in like the. Yeah the main office and the guys like all like warm and cuddly and like, Oh, we're just a family thing. And I love when they close doors, like what the fuck you do you think you're doing? Yeah, I do will it. kill you. I will fuck you up. I will <laughs> massacre you. <laughs> I do love the way Nicholas Cage responds to this. Like his best friends doing a bit. Cause like the guy's like so mad. Nicholas Cage is there. He's like, I've worked so hard for this. You're not going to steal it from me. Get the fuck away. Get out of here. And Nicholas Cage is like, Oh man, you're the best. Like you're so <laughs> funny, dude. Like I love this. Can't wait to work together. I'll see you on Monday. Like so it's glad so you grown. Funny. Yeah. Well, he, you know, he had those professional development talks with him about being more ruthless, more assertive. Yeah, and he's like, mm-hmm. man, I'm proud of you. It's so funny to me. So he goes. It cuts to him showing Kate the apartment, and being like, look, I got my old life and this life, and we could be happy and rich. Wow, this could change our life. And she's like, no, I don't want to be happy and rich. I do <laughs> yeah, think she yeah. has like some legitimate concerns. Like the whole like, I don't want to move the, the kids school like middle of the year. Cool. Okay. Yeah. I'll commute. We'll find a school. And then next school year, we'll put them in private school or whatever. And she's like an hour each way. No one commutes that long. And I was like, <laughs> what was the world like back then? Oh, they had everything. This is a pre 9 11 world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they yeah. very much show the Twin Towers in this. They do. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, the idea of commuting to an hour, which, by the way, like bridge and tunnel shit was so common. Yes. And like, people are like, yeah, man, people live in Stamford, Connecticut and take the train in like, Connecticut to New York, that's a very common thing. New Jersey to New York, yes. a very common thing. 
the fact that she's like, I can't believe you do this. He's like, I can literally improve every ounce of this. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And when she's like, I don't want to sell our house because I love our house. He, it'd just be like, okay, cool. We'll have like a apartment in the city. Yeah. And a house in the country. Like yeah. we're rich now. I don't think you understand what is happening in our life. Oh, and then uh, she like fights the same way. And he's like, people would be envious of our money and our love. And she's like, people are all rich. She just pulls the same argument she pulled from earlier. It's a shitty argument because like, here's the thing. First off, he he goes insane in December. I think we all understand that yeah. he yes. had a mild stroke and she's like, whatever. But he's also like clearly miserable. And he's like, I, I can fix our, I can make our life even better. I can, I can afford the things so that we can go to a restaurant and not look at the price of a bottle of wine and lose our fucking minds that we can get the suit. We can do all these things. And he's like, look, we'll get them great schools. And she's like, she likes her school. Oh, 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 oh the four-year-old loves her school. Well, we should never do anything. Now. It's a daycare. And she's like, I think, I think we should just stay in the same house for the rest of our lives. And that is the first time in this movie that I was like, kind of fuck you, Tay Leone. Cause like, <laughs> she's like, I want to like, I understand he's changing the script on her that, you know, their life was one thing. And right. he's like, I really fucking want this. And she's like, look, if you want to ruin our lives, I'll support you. If you want to get all rich and shit, I guess I'll deal with it. Look, I, I, I'm obsessed with you in this life and I love it. And I want to, give you the better parts of my whole life he's like he really is like i want to bring and she's like how about you're a huge piece of shit for even trying <laughs> fuck you dude how about you don't ruin our five-year-old daughter's life by trying to take her out of the only kindergarten she's ever known it's like, it's like what, in what world in what fucking world has any parent ever been like well the kid really likes her school so we can't move the kid, move the fucking kid. It's one thing if it was the kid was older, but I'm like, if the kid was a oh, senior she's a in junior, high school or yeah, something. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's a sophomore. She doesn't want to move. Yeah. yeah. What do you remember from kindergarten? <laughs> I did a report on pigs and my dad helped me write a rap song and then we taped it on a cassette tape and we still have that uh, cassette tape. One time I accidentally made my teacher think that I, uh, was a sex pest oh, no. because I got into an argument about what the word dick meant. And I showed the kid at my table. I was like, no, this is a dick. Cause that was logical to me. And then they're like, he can't wear sweatpants to school anymore because he's a sex offender. Oh, no. And then later I found out that there are kids that actually do that as like a thing they like to do. And I was like, no, 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 no. I was proving a point. Mm -hmm. I wasn't trying to like enjoy showing it. Like, I don't know. This is a dick. My kindergarten teacher died thinking I was a sex criminal. Is it because you, you killed him? Murdered her? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I mean, she's, there's a 0% chance that lady's uh, still alive. We get it. You killed her. Like, yeah. <laughs> With your monster dong. We get it. Yeah, my five-year-old monster hog took her right out. I think about the fact that there is a woman that died thinking that five-year-old me was a pervert. Uh, it is something I think about not less than once a month every time you visit her grave right yeah 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 Yeah, i take it out just to imprint on it yeah hey is someone leaving mushrooms here yeah you tried <laughs> pouring the grave with eggnog first yeah <laughs> yeah that's why all the flowers keep growing but only poinsettias because christmas taylor leone is i think i think her real issue is 
her dad has some health trouble and she's worried about missing out on some time with her dad. I feel like if she was honest about that, they could actually come to a compromise that would work. And I think that would just be like, I'm going to commute for the foreseeable future. Right. Yeah. But like, I don't think anyone's communicating great in this movie, but I think she sees like what she has is like, this is everything I want. Yeah. And he's like, this is not everything I want. And I, and he's kind of telling her, he's like, I, I feel like there's so much more and I feel like I lost it. If you don't take, you know, multidimensional travel into effect when sure. you're having a conversation with your spouse, which I do yeah. personally, but other people don't. Yeah, I do too. How's yeah. that working out for both of you specifically? I have to go back to my home dimension. This was really fun. Yeah. So like if your spouse is being like, starts talking like that, you should be like, okay, this person really is not happy with the way their life is, even though yes. we have a good thing. They're now seeing they're they're at this they're middle aged they're having a midlife crisis they don't want to leave me but that crisis is I could do so much more and I want to for my family uh-huh. and she reluctantly is like look if you want me to you know hate my life I'll do it for you and he's just sitting there he's like well that's not really fair I just want to make more money for you and she's like why can't you sell tires that my dad gave you that <laughs> yeah, is door kind to of, door. <laughs> it's it's kind of also shitty like there's no hero in this argument i agree no yeah. because because he obviously should have been like taught like he just sprung it on her yes which is also wrong yeah it's very it's very like i bought a lexus for christmas at their christmas event and brought it home without telling you kind of energy enjoy your lease baby but it, but in this case he said i can afford to buy you a lexus in the future right yes right. and my dimension i mean he <laughs> He almost said, who gives a shit about the kids? We'll buy new ones. Well, she tells him the story <laughs> of the, of him coming back from London, which makes him give up on money completely. And then it cuts to like another month ahead where he is playing with Annie. And she's like, welcome back, Dad. I'm so glad the aliens didn't murder you. I thought it was sweet. I love this scene. This is like the only time in this movie I almost cried. And he's fully accepted that he's a family man. And he's let go of being rich and other lessons he was supposed to learn that this movie kind of muddles. Oh, my God. He became the title of the movie <laughs> yeah. and then Don Cheetah was like oh he's happy fuck yeah. that he guy he goes to a store to buy salt for the driveway and then Don Cheetah who is fucking with another interdimensional being <laughs> and gets disappointed in her was like oh shit Jack yeah this guy's just setting up franchises of other people's fucking <laughs> yeah. alternate life yeah is that like i wonder is there every third person in that town is just dealing with a different life or it's just a bunch yeah. of confused people being like i don't know where to i've been gone for 20 years and i'm back <laughs> in my original i used box. to sell jet skis and now i traverse time like that level of madness yes <laughs> ron Cheadle is he is just a he's a mischievous god yeah he realizes that nick cage is happy and then tells him well you done fucked up and become happy so i gotta send you back to your shitty old life you piece of shit yeah and he's like no i don't want to do that you can't do that you can't fuck with people like that that's not very kind and he's like god <laughs> i do love okay it is sweet that nick cage tries to stay awake as long as he can knowing that don yes. Cheadle's gonna send it back he says goodbye to his kids yes he says goodbye to his kids and all of that stuff taylor says goodbye to her sort of and then he sits in that chair and if you just change the music on that slow push on him falling asleep in that chair it looks like he's about to family annihilate them because he's like looking he to the top of his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like a really dark tomorrow. scene with bam, different bam. music. Yes. Yes. Mikey, yes. 
Like, if you said that to, like, Carmina Burana in the background, you're like, oh, bad shit's about to happen. <laughs> oh, so he, he falls asleep in the chair. He wakes up in his old bed, in his old life. And it's Christmas Day. You can still get a turkey. <laughs> the biggest goose you can find, young boy. <laughs> yeah, she wants to be stuffed with eggnog, and she's ready for it. <laughs> I can't wait to get up in her giblets. Give me the hottest gamer wife out there. She's back, baby. And she's like, let's this and he says no i'm a married man now and she's like he's obviously had a stroke everybody thinks nicholas cage has had a stroke this movie should be called the the stroke by billy squire yes so he runs out he runs out and try and takes his ferrari to the old house and then this guy answers the door and is like what the fuck bro he's like does kate live here or whatever i don't remember his wife's name in the movie and he's like no the it's, most unbelievable part of this is the man doesn't go, sir, it is Christmas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm Exactly. Thinking. Well, I think he can immediately tell that this man is unwell and he's like, no, are you okay? You know? I feel like, like this is how people interact with Nicolas Cage on the real planet. Like right now in our yes. world, in a non-movie world, you see Nicolas Cage and he starts saying things and you're like, sir, do you need anything? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So then he goes, he's like sad and he goes to work and he goes to that meeting and then he tells everyone and he's like, I'm all alone. I'm going to go skiing in Vail all alone and I hate my life. And he like walks away from the meeting. I love, I love that part though. It's very funny. Yeah. The meeting where he's like, who cares? Let's all go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was a good, that was a good one. And he's like, I'm all alone in the world. And I was like really connected with the scene. And then uh, he blows up the deal and he's like, I'm going to find Kate. She left me a message. And then he goes and finds her. Yeah, he calls 411 and gets her phone number and address and just shows up at her address. Which he's learned since he was looking at the map the last time he was lost. So, Well, he has a driver. He's being driven around in a damn limo. And I want to point out, at the end of the scene where he meets his ex, meets Taya Leone's character, and he leaves, he's supposed to go right back to the airport. He goes home first and then has to race to the airport. It is important that we address that now we have the least believable part of this, which is that somebody is literally hurriedly, rushedly moving on Christmas to Paris because they're like, well, you got this new job. You better get over here. And it's like, it is Noel, monsieur. <laughs> There's no way you could find movers to move your house on Christmas Day that weren't. No, there, there's a zero. Like, I watched that and people. I was like, no, no, these people would not be doing this job. No. These men have the day off, Taya Leone. And your assistant has to be with you, helping you pass. Your assistant who no longer has a job. Like, I understood yeah. why her assistant was like super petty during this scene. She didn't offer to move me to Paris, you know. Like, right? I would have robbed Taya Leone the entire, <laughs> I would have been stealing everything from that woman. <laughs> I would have filled my new Prada purse or whatever yeah. full of her shit. Yeah, full of crystal. Well, Nick Cage finds her at this luxury townhouse where she apparently has, as a single woman, focused on her career and become a very wealthy corporate lawyer. Of course. Or as we call it in the early 2000s. Evil, just evil, evil, evil. Like the fruits of the devil. <laughs> She's hot though in this scene though, for reals. It's that money and power. Mikey's falling prey yeah. to it. Whew. It is still Taylioni. Yeah, I mean, she's always been this attractive in this movie. Whew, yes. So, and then she's like, <laughs> "Bitch, I only called you to return a box of your old college stuff," which is like a weird move. 
Yeah. And then I still have a <laughs> bottle of your old uh, English leather. Right? That's so weird. Yeah. Unhinged that she still has that in her fucking New York apartment from 17 years ago or whatever. Yeah. And she's like, I'm flying to Paris because now we're every cliche of a romantic movie ever. And I'm going to Paris tonight. And um, he's like, well, what if we like got coffee or whatever? And she's like, what are you talking? Do you need closure? I, I did like that. She was like, I'm fine. You're fine. We're fine. Yeah. Just get the fuck out of my house. Well, I think it sets it up at the beginning that like, oh, she's calling because she wants to reconnect. And she aggressively doesn't want to reconnect. Not. She yes. aggressively yeah. wants to give him his shit back so she can like fuck all of the baguettes in Paris. I would feel weird if an ex from 14 years ago called me to give me some stuff back. Oh, I would assume uh, they wanted to smash. Yeah, on Christmas, I'd be like, let's do this <laughs> yeah. thing, yeah. So she's like, get out of my house or whatever. And then, so he decides uh, to go to the airport to try to stop her from going to Paris. Bold choice. Yes. Pre 9-11. I know, he gets all the way to the gate. When he's running down towards the gate like Tom Cruise in every movie Tom Cruise has ever done, yeah. I was like, Yes, Nick Cage. He really vanilla skies it on this one. Yeah. He does. Yeah. He books it down that tarmac. Back then, not a red flag. No. Yeah. You right? could do. And then she turns around like, oh, you're not a well person. And then he goes into a whole speech about the other dimension. That doesn't yes. exist that she did not experience. And she, instead of reacting like you should and being like, hey, I've got to get on the plane, but you might want to arrest him. He's crazy. She's like, damn, he put in the work. Her eyes melt. And then like the the soundtrack and, and the way it's shot is like it's romantic. But if you're listening to the words, it is unhinged. It is not okay. What he is yelling at her is not okay. Okay, so here's how I interpreted this because at first I was like, man, that's insane. But she's most likely thinking like, oh, he's talking about what would have been our perfect life yes. if yeah. that happened. Like that uh, that he's hypothesizing about what he wanted from her as opposed to what actually happened when he slid into that world. And so in that regards, I totally understand and will be using that um, sometimes. <laughs> I would, absolutely. We have three kids. I give tours at the local museum. Oh, it's crazy. I drive a Ferrari now. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, why didn't you lead with the Ferrari? I'm a dirtbag corporate lawyer. Like the person he becomes in this movie would not like the Taya Leone she is at this point. Yes. Right. But she's intrigued, and so she agrees to go get coffee and not take her flight. Right. And then as, as the film ends, from a distance, they're laughing and catching up over coffee. I got to be honest, that is such a you got male ass ending yes. to this where it, like it pans away and we see the credits while they're just sitting there with coffee. I do like the final shot. Like I like the way it's done. Beautiful, I don't yeah. like it in the movie, though. Like the cinematographer nailed it. Director did not. It's it's a very Rob Reiner shot yes, it really in a is. Brett Ratner movie <laughs> where you're just sitting there and you're like, mm. yeah. And that's the movie. And that's the movie. It's movie's over. Yeah, we did it. You did it, Mikey. And honestly, nailed, nailed the outline. So proud of Yay. you. Yeah. So having seen the movie, having talked about the movie, what did you guys think about The Family Man? Hard pass. Still, <laughs> did not convert me on a rewatch. I'm more into it. I don't think it was as bad as I remembered, but I don't really love this movie. It's like me watching Nicolas Cage be an asshole for a hundred minutes out of a two-hour movie, and it's just not as much fun. Yeah. If you cut that asshole time period to, like, I don't know, 30 minutes at most, yeah. it's a lot more palatable. But I, it's just, 
it's too much of him being an asshole. Yeah. It's a it's an innocuous movie. It's a forgettable movie. It's a film that shows up, you watched it, and then when you're done, you forgot that you watched it. Mm-hmm. I will say that this is a below average movie, but an above average Christmas movie. That that is unfortunately true. Hard hard disagree. <laughs> I feel like there are so many better Christmas movies than this. Oh, and we'll do one next week, Paige. Oh no. Oh, I can't yeah. wait. I'm so excited for my pick, even though I've never seen it. But Paige, do you have any fun facts for us? Yes. Well, here it is with your five facts. Nick the Cage, Cage fun, fun facts. facts. Okay, so according to the DVD commentary, when he gets into the minivan and it won't start, that was actually an accident that wasn't supposed to happen. But Nick Cage just yes anded, so they kept it in the final film. So uh-huh. okay, cool. There you go. Uh, speaking of cars, he did actually own the Ferrari used in the film. He purchased it and then sold it about a year before filming began. So like. He didn't own it while the film was happening. He owned it before. He, he family manned his own Ferrari. Yeah, he family manned his own Ferrari. What if I never <laughs> sold that Ferrari? Oh, I gotta go back. <laughs> I could have married that car. <laughs> we have four <laughs> little cars. Uh, anyway, so, so his glimpse, as it's called in the script, lasts approximately eight weeks from Christmas oh, okay. we Day. Close. Yeah, pretty close. Christmas Day to a few days after Valentine's Day. Yeah, that makes sense. Or as I call it, my loneliest time. <laughs> now, uh, La Donna e Mobile, the opera from earlier, is actually in three other Nicolas Cage movies, including this one. It's in Captain Crowley's Mandolin, Honeymoon in Vegas, and Guarding Tess because it is one of his favorites. Classic Guarding oh, Tess. Oh, the mandolin one. I didn't even put that on my Nick Cage romantic list. Captain Crowley's Mandolin. Oh, man. Sob fest. Now, originally when he's looking at his old book and cologne that Kate gives him back in that box... They originally were supposed to have Led Zeppelin's All of My Love playing in the background, but the song was too expensive. So they had to just like mix it up and put other score behind it. But it was way in post-production that they found out that they couldn't get it. Okay. Yeah. Additionally, in the script, he sang Witchcraft by Frank Sinatra during her birthday party in that little like home movie. Really? It's such a weird choice, right? Yes. Uh, But... Yeah, because La 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 means I love you by the Delphonics. Beautiful. Finally, we've got a weird choice in this movie. I know, right? Like, and yes, it is cringe, but that song definitely fits. Witchcraft by Frank Sinatra, deep cut. Like, that's a real interesting pull. Now, in the scene where he says goodbye to Kate and she's lying in bed and reading her, reading a book and he asks her to remember him no matter what, the book she's reading is called Being There by Jersey Kaczynski. Uh, The book is barely seen on the screen, but it has a connection to the story. It's the story of Chauncey Gardenier, an enigmatic but distinguished man who emerges from nowhere to become an heir to the throne of a Wall Street tycoon. This is similar to the storyline Jack would have had had he stayed in the glimpse instead of going back. It's also the plot of the Rodney Dangerfield episode of The Simpsons. Truth. Uh, Now, when Cash reprimands the store clerk and says, you had your chance too," Yeah, that's the indication that it was originally supposed to be that guy's glimpse, not Nicolas Cage's. Uh, So Brett Ratner had to court Nicolas Cage for months to get him to do this movie. Uh, Nicolas Cage didn't want to do it, didn't think he was right for the role. And it wasn't until he saw Brett Ratner's film Rush Hour that he was like, all right, I'll do your family guy film. (laughs) Yeah, Rush Hour is great. I mean, Rush Hour is amazing. I will not. Rush Hour 2, also great. But like, it's wild to me that he saw those. It was like, 
hell yeah, I'll do your movie, man, because this is so different. Uh, and I'll, I'll let this be our last one because, because Jeff brought it up during the episode. The body double for Kate in the shower was about six inches taller than Tia Leone. <laughs> of course. And, like, nobody else noticed that, right? Like, she was a I noticed giant it. in there. Yeah, I noticed it because she's bent over. Yes. See, when someone bends over naked, I also stop noticing stuff. Well, it's she's bent over in a very unnatural way. And I was like, I, I don't know why she's doing this. And they tried to make it like she was dancing. But then when it cuts to Tay Leone, like peeking out, I was like, oh, it's because there's a very drastic height difference. Uh, but those are your fun facts. Well, thank you for those fun facts, Paige. Let's talk a little bit about box office. So this movie came out in 2000. What do you think the production budget was for The Family Man? 17 million. Okay. I'm actually going to go a little higher and say 32. Okay. I have to rec recuse myself on the box office section. I am so happy to be able to tell you guys that it was $60 million. Now, Jesus Christ. because <laughs> our parents destroyed the economy, that would be over $100 million today. 107.2 technically, if you adjust for inflation. Now, this movie ah. came out on December 22nd, 2000. And it was number three in the box office that week. It was beat by the number one movie, Castaway. Number two, What Women Want, which I believe we've done. We number have. three was, of course, The Family Man. Number, number four was How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And number five was Miss Congeniality. What do you think The Family Man made in its opening weekend? Opening weekend, I'm going to say 21. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say 16. Okay. Mikey, what do you think? Do you have to recuse yourself? I have to recuse. Yeah, I, I saw the box office. Okay. Okay. Entry. So, Jeff, you were very close. It was uh, $15.1 million. Now, this was in the theaters for 15 weeks total. It was in the top five for its first three weeks. And then in its fourth week, it fell to 11th and then was never again in the top 10. But it was in the theaters for 15 weeks. So, what do you think it brought in in its domestic box office? 60 million dollars all right Paige, you want to guess 73 mikey i know you can't guess so i'll go ahead and let them know it's yeah actually very close to what Paige said at 75.7 million dollars it also brought in another 48.9 million dollars internationally for a total of 124.7 million dollars and if you adjust that for inflation that's like 222.8 million dollars this movie made a lot of money i mean it cost a lot of money to make but made a lot of money Anyway, that's your box office. So, Mikey, do you want to hit him with that romance scale? Yeah. It's a scale of 1 to 10 of how romantic we found the film when we watched it this time. Who wants to go first, Paige or Jeff? I'll go first. It's a 1 for me. I don't really find this movie romantic. Jeff, I'm going to give it a 3. Todd. I'm going to give it a 1 because I'm just watching Nick Cage be an asshole the whole time. I'm going to give it a 3. I, I also thought it was a 3 level. I don't. Okay. They had chemistry. I got to be honest. I'm... I'm turned on by him being an asshole, Todd. So. <laughs> I get it. Well, that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And that's our romance skill. Yeah, but do you think they're still together? Yes, because he knows enough about her from the side world to really manipulate the fuck out of her now. I hope they're not. I hope she goes to Paris and leaves no, him behind. She's he knows all of her hearts of hearts desires things that happen in my mind. It's so much worse than that. In my mind, he talks her into staying in New York. She gives up that promotion. And then he realizes that she's not who he wants to be with. 
because she is now some like corporate raider She's lawyer. Different. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. they he ruins her life twice. And that's heartbreaking for me <laughs> for Taylor and his character. The only time he didn't ruin her life is during a glimpse. Yeah. During a <laughs> fictional world that he was living in. The only time he can't ruin his life is during fiction. Exactly. Like, it's well, very funny to me. I really connect with that. So Jeff, <laughs> thank you so much for uh guessing on uh this podcast because we had you on Horror Virgin. Yeah. We had not yet had you on Romantic the Pod. So thanks for joining us. No, I can't. I I love you guys' uh stuff. I really do. Uh thank you. So can you tell yeah. our listeners where they can get more of you? All right. So uh I'm just gonna say a couple of names of podcasts and people might be familiar with them. And if not, you should check them out. And if you're not, get familiar with them. Tom and Jeff watch Batman on Gamefully Unemployed. Uh my main show is called Jeff Has Cool Friends. Yeah. Uh under that umbrella is also a great show called Nerd with Dre Alvarez. Um, which is a monthly show where we do a deep dive on nerdy shit. Um, we just finished up our season on childhood neglect in cinema with Home Alone <laughs> 2. We did uh, Searching for Bobby Fisher, Adventures in Babysitting, and Home Alone 2, and it was a goddamn delight. Yeah, I was uh, going to say, there's in the 80s, man, it was the style du kids, jour. Kids running wild. Um, I also do on my Patreon, patreon.com slash Jeff May. I have a monthly show with uh, comedian Kim Crawl called Ugg Fine. We have a podcast. Um, and then uh, I guess I'm probably most well known for um, what used to be called Unpopular Opinion on Crack, started on Cracked, and now it is called You Don't Even Like This Show, uh, as well as You Don't Even Like Sports. Uh, I'm at Hey There Jeffro on the socials. I, uh, I do a great, uh, trading card opening show on my YouTube. He breaks decks, babies. I, I do. I, I, I just got, I thought of you guys. I just opened garbage pale kids style horror oh, stuff. Oh, hell yes. Horrific oh. kids. Don't think I didn't notice you were wearing a rated rookie shirt. I love that by the way. So thank you very, yeah, this is, I also do, you don't even like sports cards with Adam Todd Brown, where we do, awesome. um, we do sports there and I do non-sports. So that's more for this crowd. I think I open up. <laughs> Probably, yes. I do a stand-up comedy show once a month at a toy store uh, at Blast from the Past on Magnolia in Burbank, California. Paige did it, like, what, two shows ago, right? Yeah, on Friday the 13th in October. Heck yeah. So, uh, yeah, you can check that out. The show is called Mint on Card. It's the second Friday of every month at Blast from the Past on beautiful Magnolia in Burbank, California. I know that's a lot of plugs, and I'm sure you've all stopped listening, but I do definitely appreciate uh, all the attention that you gave me, and I really love coming on the show. So thank you all. Well, Jeff, we really love having you. So thanks. Yay. All right. So I know Jeff had a heart out. I didn't want to bring this up. But this entire episode, my uh, Ring app has been going off with people in my neighborhood who have lost power. Like all over my neighborhood are like losing power. Well, I was going to tell you, we're supposed to get a, we're getting a huge storm right now. Like my mom was like, we're supposed to get 60 mile per hour winds. Right. Okay. So that's probably and your why. side. Of, your side of town has a bunch of trees that fall on the power lines all the time. It, it is. Yeah. So. A lot of my neighbors are out of power. I still miraculously have power. Don't know how. Don Cheadle was smiling on us. Hell yeah. This is my glimpse, baby. But someone from my street who I know posted, literally, I counted them. There were 23 people saying I'm out of power within the three-mile radius around my house. Someone who lives on my street posted, hey, I still have power. I just wanted to let you guys know. In my <laughs> neighborhood app, and people are losing their goddamn minds, guys. That person's a fucking hero. I know. I, I was like, oh I, my God, you're amazing. Are just spirals of anxiety for some reason. I'm like, know. oh, there's nothing you can do about it. It was killing I, yeah. me not to bring it up. It was so funny. I'm so That's sorry. So funny. I had to tell you guys. So, Mikey, this week you made us watch The Family Man. It's 
my turn next week, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think. Well, I, I always ask Paige because, A, she pays more attention than I do. That's just science. And uh, she gets a veto. Like, she gets maybe not a veto, but like a, a skip a headline, right? Because you have that wild card. I have not used my wild card yet. But, right. yes, it, it is your, tur- your turn. Right. I, but I always like to give the option for you to exercise that right if you'd like. But, listen, I got a doozy for us. Is it Christmas? Of course it's Christmas. Okay. What are okay. we I doing? It is a movie written by well a few people but emma thompson is one of the writers okay a woman it is it's gonna make me cry probably i don't know about that page because it's loosely based on the songs of wham and george michaels <gasps> and that is a movie called last christmas i've seen this Shh, mikey say nothing i read a synopsis is this with the chick from uh game the, of the game of yeah, thrones amelia yeah. clark yes okay no then i am gonna sob and i do know the twist uh i'm gonna cry a lot Okay, I'm excited though. I watched this in theaters thinking it was a romantic comedy with my uh, family and I cried. So, okay, I read the synopsis and I was like, seems like it's got return to me vibes. It's more remember me vibes <laughs> because it just flips it in the end and is like, surprise, surprise. Oh my God. Anyway, so your homework for next week is to watch a film loosely based on the songs of Wham and watch The Last Christmas. Or just I can't last wait Christmas. to hear Wham rap. It's going to be great. I love that documentary. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? I do. Will you pull up the full title? Um, yes. Give me one second. I will do just that. Which one are you looking for, Mikey? Gay Slowpoke. So the full title for that one is Humorous, Insightful, and a Gay Old Time. <laughs> See, I knew love that it. one. We need the whole time. So Gay Slowpoke. Yeah, their title, they review Humorous, Insightful, and a Gay Old Time. Yeah, well, what does Gay Slowpoke have to say? They say, this podcast, along with its sister podcast, The Horror Virgin, have become two of my favorite podcasts. Oh, I especially look forward to Pride Month every year when our fine trio here make sure to highlight gay and queer stories. As a queer man, it's not too often I hear popular podcasts make an effort to truly highlight our stories that aren't already queer-focused. Oh, are we a popular podcast? Hang on. Right, like oh. low-key best compliment ever. Oh my god, okay. this is a very thoughtful and nice review. So oh I had to read. Oh my god, it. Um, they go on to say the episodes of the Birdcage and Fire Island are two of my favorite episodes that I revisit Birdcage. frequently, and are two movies that hold a special place in my heart. Too often, I feel in the name of representation, queer film is put onto a higher pedestal than other works because it must check certain boxes to be seen as good and worthwhile. Always feel Paige, Mikey, and Todd truly handle these movies with grace and see them as the individual pieces of art they are meant to be while comparing it to the bigger picture. There is incredible nuance in their discussions that I sometimes feel others lack. Okay, so at this point, I think that this person <laughs> is from an interdimensional traveling know, branch right? of the timeline where we have a better podcast. I think I want to hear the version of the podcast you yeah, guys get. <laughs> Bro, do you smell toast, gay slow folk? I mean, no, like, we try to do you. nice. This is very, very nice, and it's making it's like us one uncomfortable because it's so reviews. nice. I know. It goes on. Hold on. We've got more. Uh, Paige, Mikey, and Todd always manage to find a good balance of humor and seriousness while discussing these films and always appreciate the insightfulness they do bring to their analysis. I also appreciate their personal antidotes they bring to each discussion. Also, Gaisel Plug, you're very well read. Like mo- This is very nice. Yes. Yes, thank you. It's very well written. Very, very well written, yes. Also, with all of the discussions about RuPaul's Drag Race, I do hope to see some <laughs> drag movies in future episodes. Oh, like Two Wong Priscilla, Fubay. Queen of the Desert. While I don't want to make requests in a review, I dream of the animated discussions our fine hosts would have on movies like Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, 
Yes. Tu Wong Fu. Oh shit, Paige, you mentioned that one. <laughs> I just shouted about it. I do. Wait, did you say Tu Wong Fu? Uh, Tu Wong Fu is is a different. It is a different movie. Patrick yeah. Swayze. Yeah, that's the one I said yeah, that's, though. That's, that's, that's yeah. the one. Yeah. All of the movies we said. The most famous dragon. So, yeah, I love Tu Wong Fu. Thank you for always giving a smile to my face each week when a new episode drops. Five stars. Well, uh, Gay Slowpoke, thank you for. That amazing five-star review. I feel like you put way more thought and effort into that than uh, anyone ever. Step up your game, everyone out there. Wow, that was amazing. I almost feel bad about reading a Spotify comment after that. <laughs> which is oh, what I normally no. do. Gay Slowpoke <laughs> fucking knocking it out of the park. Uh, that sucks. Actually, I found the perfect one. I found the perfect one, and it is from... Our Dave episode, Milanu says, and this is perfect because it's the opposite of what we just got. <laughs> oh, great. I'm a thirsty goose, Mikey. That's the tweet. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong. That's incredibly well written. I love it. I appreciate the flock. <laughs> the flock? Oh, Mikey, yeah. are your fans the flock? The thirsty geese. Hell yeah. Yes. 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 And that way he can be like, yo, you got to get flocked. <laughs> Flock yourself. Oh, oh. Oh, immediately <laughs> regretting this. I love it. Put it on a t-shirt. Let's go. Send tweet. Anyway, if you want to have Mikey read your review or me read your Spotify comment, leave us a five-star review or Spotify comment, and you might just be the lucky one. So, um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin, and that is the only other podcast that Mikey and I are on, but Paige... Gets around, and she is on two other podcasts, Black Card Rehab and Cult Podcast. So, guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes. On yes. Instagram, and we are at something else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn it's, it. It's just Romancing Pod Show because they have a character oh. limit, and it's show, S-H-O, like Showtime. So, guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, Paige is at Rampage Wesley everywhere, including TikTok, except for Twitter, where she is at Paige Wesley. Mikey is at M Randolph 24, and I am at Todd J Awesome everywhere. And, guys, we got a P.O. box. So, if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box, it's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm Todd. And you complete us. Flock assemble. I'll nog your eggs. Know what I'm saying? (laughs) I only drink unfertilized eggnog. Wait, what? How you like your eggs, girl? Fried or fertilized? (laughs) fertilized. He doesn't know what we're talking about. I know. He doesn't doesn't even know about Flint Fossey. Is that, is he related to Bob Fossey? No, Flint Flossey, I believe. (laughs) I I think I misspoke. I don't want to downplay his career, but he was very popular for like a few meme songs back in the day. But he did like a collab one time with Flula Borg that's called I Want to Taste You Like Yogurt. And that song fucking slaps. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Fertilized egg nerds.